Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Melina, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao, Kanpo, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Doraicho, Dramin, Foster's now. Tenkenshi, Leap, Mave, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Eren, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. And today I've got comedian, entertainer, Steve Zaragoza of the Valley Folk. That's right, my man. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I feel like I know how you're doing because we've been hanging out for like 20, 30 minutes now. Yeah, we've been chatting it up and we've been catching chatting, up. Yeah. We haven't seen each other in a bit. It's been a minute. I got the tour of, of your, your wonderful Valley Folk office. Yeah. Which used to be an adoption agency. Yeah. It, it was, and we're right above a doctor's office. Cool. So, and we make so much fucking noise up here. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, um, <laughs> that's like a little distressing, I feel like, for the doctors, I imagine, to have like a comedy troupe upstairs. Yeah. They, I don't, you know, content. they didn't seem to mind when we told them, but I guess yeah. they didn't know what, what they had in store. Sure. What they didn't had know what was coming. <laughs> no, no. They're horn honks and <laughs> screaming. And... Yeah. You gave me the horn. You said I could use it all I want. <laughs> yeah. Get on in there. I want you to feel like a 1950s radio. So far, so good. I got a lot. Of, like, you shouldn't have given me all the tools that I have. So I'm going to just. Wait, turn it upside down. All right. The other way. There it's you go. this way. Wow. Thunder. <laughs> Sounds like home, right? It does. It reminds me of home. It's actually, it's a little rainy today, which I is know, nice. I know. I love it, man. Here in, here in uh, sunny, not right now, uh, gray, beautiful. Uh, Los Angeles, California. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I, yeah. I prefer it like this, if I'm being honest. You've got a beautiful view, I just noticed, of the billboard <laughs> <laughs> The billboard for CBS is the unicorn. Dude, but also, look at the guy on the left side yeah. and his mouth and expression. Imagine being that guy and then being they like, man, I'm on a like... big... <laughs> yeah, like, well, imagine you're like, I'm on a billboard, I was just told, I haven't seen the key art yet, and you're driving down Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> or whatever, and that's the photo they used of you. He's literally chewing a French fry while talking, and yeah. they still caught an awkward frame of that action <laughs> and put it up on the billboard. It's like Photoshop some fucking different head on that yeah. guy. You could find a head from some other moment, or like find like literally go four frames into that scene or into yeah. that photo session and just fucking. You know, like I would feel awful if I was that guy. They even like got his shirt in a weird fold <laughs> action where it looks like he's kind of paunchy, yeah. and I feel like I'd feel bad. Yeah. I know everybody else looks great. Yeah, I mean Walton Goggins is there just like serving up looks. Yeah, and, and that's a shame. Yeah, I know it's really sad, but yeah. we get to see it every day, which is very nice. Right. So you could you could pretty much describe it to me while making eye contact with me. And Absolutely, not I at could it. if you wanted me to. Yeah, I don't. Okay, but it's good to know that. <laughs> 
It's good to know that you could. Yeah. It's I'll, nice to know that I have the option. Um. Also, I was going to say thank you for coming here. Oh, yeah. Happy You're, to. Yeah. That's very nice of you. As as the, the fans know, uh, I went I went mobile this, this season of Mortal Podcast. I got my own gear. You took it on I've the road. I've mostly been recording at my house, which people know because they can hear my dogs barking <laughs> in the background. So when I have the opportunity to move the operation, uh, I usually take it because it's like, hey, you know, Less stressful for me, less yeah. stressful for the dogs, um, yeah. and less barking. <laughs> of course, episode. yeah, everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah, well, everyone's a winner. Like I, I know you, that you've got a lot to get through here, but mm-hmm. I want, I really want to just ask you, what is this? What is this for me? Like, yeah, what, what, are, what am what I are, getting? Yeah, <laughs> what are you? Why are you doing this? Why am I doing? Are you this? just a super fan of Mortal Kombat? Is I, that what's happening? You know what? I am, but I would say in a different way than a lot of other super fans, which I think is why I'm doing this. So the bigger answer to your question, I love stories. I love world building. I love storytelling. Um, and I love I love telling other people's stories a lot, too, and like finding nuance in them. So uh, that's the reason I enjoy doing a show like this. The reason it's specifically Mortal Kombat is that when I was a kid... Uh, and I've told this story a few times now on the show, but basically when I was a kid, I, I didn't, I was not a wealthy young lad, but I did love video games. So I would go to the arcade as often as I could, or go to places like Galaxy Skateway in Margate, Florida, uh, or, or, uh, the bowling alley where they had like a few, um, arcade cabinets. And I would go right over to them and be like, Oh, technology. Um, and the one that fascinated me the most was always Mortal Kombat. So because I didn't have like a ton of quarters and also wasn't a very coordinated child, I wasn't good at playing Mortal Kombat, but I was very intrigued by the characters in the world. So I'd kind of stand there and read the like character profiles that would go by. So from a very, very young age, I mean, this was probably three, four years old, really, I was fascinated by like the world of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like and who I've, are these guys? Right. And I've kind of just kept up with it since then Wow, and never broken that. And like, you know. I worked at a company called Nerdist and I always felt like not nerdy enough because <laughs> right. like I don't collect toys and like I don't know the deep mythology of m- most other stuff. Like, like there Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah, or... like, you know, I know a lot about Marvel. I don't know a ton of the nuance of Star Wars, but I really like Star Wars. But like I'm not I don't go as deep as other people in my like orbit. But Mortal Kombat is like maybe the one thing other than just like movies at large um, that I am like too nerdy about i know everything um and at the same time i think it's really funny to take it seriously with friends (laughs) yeah Uh, because i was listening to this podcast and it's like it's really in depth man and you like don't have anything in front of you i got some like bullet points okay i don't forget like it like as if i was pitching one of my shows i've got you've got got but like bullet points is still bullet Mm -hmm. points like you've got this rich knowledge in your head yeah yeah that's like that's awesome i agree they should hire me to do a mortal Kombat film yeah uh, or i mean tv series that that's got to be what it comes out of smart, this right it would be a smart move that's really what this is all about it has to be yeah it's really all about getting to tell a story of the sub-zero brothers um if i could just get there man i wonder like so are you better at the game now than you were like do you feel like you're a good player i'm better I'm decent. I can win against my friends who don't play a lot of video okay, games. Okay, so you would win against me for sure. Maybe. I, like, can't... I mean, I walked in and you had a game paused, so I That's don't know. That's true, but it was a very casual it indie is. game. It is. Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, I just, you know, for someone who is 
who can remember combos and who can like very quickly like nail button combinations i can't really do that how are you with like the fatalities and stuff i'm decent but they made them really easy like in the most recent games it's oh, pretty easy to do the fatalities that. it'll be like get close to a character and hit like back back forward forward x and like you can do oh, a fatality fuck. Yeah. yeah when I, I remember being a kid playing mortal Kombat, and like there was no way i was ever gonna do a fatality no ever. I don't, especially in the arcade yeah I, I don't know that i ever got a fatality until like two games ago <laughs> i like, was like okay i'm finally there i seem I, to remember spending an entire summer with some version of mortal Kombat, and then eventually learning like scorpions like fucking fatality or something one of scorpions yeah. fatalities, or like just a special move maybe. yeah maybe <laughs> Maybe it was just a special just movie that felt like spear. a fatality. But yeah. I remember my brother was the one that was way better at it and had more control over right. it and could do the fatalities. So there was like a summer where we were like fucking babalities and friendships all over the place. Is there anything that you have like Mortal Kombat for me where like it's something that you feel like you know more about it than anyone else and you just get a joy out of explaining it to people because it is so uh overly complicated and niche yeah i mean i uh i guess not off the top of my head maybe like muppet stuff oh, like yeah. i really fucking love muppet stuff same i don't know big for me the thing is is like consistency in lore of these like big types of like brands and these big franchises is kind of like you know dicey like yeah. like you said you've been following mortal Kombat since you were like like three or four or something yeah like do you feel like the stories that you saw as a kid in the arcades those little blurbs those things have stuck consistent with like the lore like the new lore of mortal Kombat? yeah more or less wow that's great it's interesting it's kind of course corrected in a good way where like the exact text that was on say sub-zero's screen in mortal Kombat one at the arcade maybe has some inconsistencies or it implies some stuff that didn't wind up being true. But as the games have rolled out over you know 27 years, they have kind of honed in on things and clarified things in a way where nothing is like straight up, like that's not Canon, even though it was introduced in like a mainline game, you kind of get your answers and Mortal Kombat always kind of traded also in like the world of the what if, yeah, because the way those games worked for a long time was like you'd play up an arcade ladder as whichever character you choose one of your like 10 characters, you'd play through like 10 fights. And at the end it would tell you like, here's what would happen if this character won. The yeah. Tournament. Yeah. But canonically, like as you move into the next game, you find out like, well, this is who actually won. This is the canon ending. Oh shit. So there yeah. is a real, there is just one winner of yeah. the original Mortal Kombat, mm -hmm. regardless of who you played as. Yes. Who was that? Liu Kang. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he, he's like he the, was the main guy. Yeah, he was designed to be like the Luke Skywalker of Mortal Kombat. I think that specifically was said by like the creators when they were talking about like what their intentions were going into it. And yeah, it's interesting too that like for for the game genre that requires the least storytelling. Mortal Kombat has always had the most story Yeah, it's so weird. It is just like the very beginning. Yeah, it's a it's a it, I mean the the allure of Mortal Kombat was like the gore, right? Like when especially yeah, when we were kids. For a lot of people. It, right? And it was like kind of like oh, you go to the arcade and play this really gory, bloody, violent game where people are getting their spines ripped out and shit. Yeah. And that was like something you hadn't seen in a video game really. Tasting a forbidden fruit. Yeah, and that, and but like who knew that like really there was some team behind that <laughs> that probably butt butted heads with people yeah like do you know who those people are like those story creators yeah and stuff? i mean ed boone and john tobias are probably the most like prominent of but there was a team of i think four or five people who were considered like the the 
like fathers of Mortal Kombat. Like you could be a Mortal Kombat historian. You could. You could. I am. I would say. Yeah. It seems fair to say. Like Actually, if- John Tobias, uh, he he followed me on Twitter and he said that I was doing a good job. So wow, that's like shit. that's like the you know that's the is kissing the ring is that the right use of that? Yeah, no, yeah. totally. You um, you there's like a Lucasfilm guy who's like all who has all the lore of Star Wars. He like controls the lore. Is that well, Pablo Hidalgo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know Pablo. <laughs> and and it's like you're the Pablo Hidalgo of Mortal Kombat. Yes, pretty much. yeah. I am definitely the Pablo of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I'm gonna let him know that uh, we've be, now been considered yeah. equals. <laughs> yeah, he should. is my equal, and he has to acknowledge yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. You yeah. guys should be on a panel with whoever the My Little Pony guy is and yeah. whoever the He-Man <laughs> guy is. Yeah, they're out there for sure. Of course, and they're both guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, definitely <laughs> accurate. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by this because I want to see you featured in like a documentary where um, you are like the Mortal Kombat guy that I they would keep love cutting to. back to. It's funny though because I, I sometimes wonder like people sometimes ask me questions on the podcast that are about like the history of the making of the game or the history of like the gameplay itself or the history of like the pop cultural reaction to the game and I don't really know yeah that's not the interesting stuff. about it I, it really is just the story it's the lore that's so great yeah you could just yeah you could create there could be like graphic novel I mean I'm sure there already are graphic novels and sure. comic book series there right? are in the Mortal Kombat yeah. world and we'll talk about some of the content that's oh, covered because it it's canon yeah it is canon. Yeah. Wow. So there's just like a team that goes like, sure, you're going to work on this comic, but we have our like Bible and we have yeah. our rules. And as long as you abide by them. So I'm sure that that exists, but I will say that I get the impression that it's a little looser. Interesting. Because as as each of the games, especially the modern games comes out, like you see things being kind of like tweaked or not necessarily like... Um, Mm, what's the word when you like rewrite history on on the story uh, uh rewrite um, history yeah not necessarily <laughs> no, no, they're, not, they're not necessarily overwriting from scratch yeah oh yeah but, I, oh i see what you're saying but I they're adding story elements that are like well this happened in the past we just didn't show it and you technically aren't breaking any of the rules but i do get the impression that because of that um there may be a little looser i almost wonder if this show uh what i what i'm realizing that i'm doing is creating like a consistent uh sort of bible of the story yeah because i also find that i i definitely add a little bit onto what i'm inferring characters motivations are for (laughs) certain story beats that don't necessarily have that answer well, you, um, I think you're more qualified than others to fill in those gaps. Sure. Especially if you know these characters so well. Yeah. And I also, it is what I do for a living is is, is connect those dots and, and tell stories. So I'm kind of trying to approach these stories as like, what if this was my movie that I was trying to pitch or my TV show? Like, how would I explain this character's journey? So there's definitely some stuff that gets in there too that like makes things a little stronger than maybe they necessarily are. Yeah. Um, without adding anything or subtracting anything that's essential. Sure, or true. Yeah. yeah. But you have like you must have a story. You must have like an idea for a Mortal Kombat movie in your head that could actually work. It's almost daunting because because I've gone this deep. I feel like any of these episodes, I'm like, well, that could be a whole movie. <laughs> so, oh shit! Yeah. Well, um, you could do like a series then, maybe like yeah. a, like a Game of Thrones style like truly deep character driven yeah. series. I feel like you could do it like Haunting of Hill House where it's like you have an episode that kind of sets the stage for what Mortal Kombat is and then you have like five or six episodes going back and showing like 
these characters and how they got to this place. Yeah. And then the last like couple of episodes would be the tournament itself. And, yeah. And you really understand. Um, also, just the fun of, you know, saying, okay, here's a, there's going to be a fighting tournament. And here's how uh, this this one Shaolin monk got here. Here's how this princess from another dimension got here. Here's how uh, one of Earth's biggest movie stars got there. Uh, here's how a cop got there. <laughs> Just like there, because that's the thing I think too that made me so excited about Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. It was like it is a big fantasy world, really, as big as like Lord of the Rings or anything like that or Star Wars. Um, but because it's so much also set in our world alongside these other realms, like it feels more grounded. And thus more exciting to me in a way. Yeah. Because it could it could happen. Yeah. It could be real. Well, it is like that Harry Potter approach of like, it's really just about a world behind our world. Right, sure. Or many, many worlds behind our world. Because even Lord of the Rings feels like it's just something that isn't part of our world. It's not our world. Right. It's not Earth. It's so different. And like, there's humanity in it, so there's something you can track. Sure. But it's just different. It's not as exciting, I think, at least for someone like me, where I'm like... It's more exciting to imagine what if this happened to me? What if this happened here? Like yeah. how would I react? Um, and I think that's where a lot of the comedy comes out of it for Have me. you gotten to talk about I'm sure you have on this podcast though, but like what your like dream role would be in the Mortal Kombat franchise? Like if you were, were I part a character? of it. Yeah. Um, Cuz I know you ask your guests that, but have you been asked that? I uh I think I have. And I can't remember what I said. <laughs> it could change. I know which realm I'd be from. Okay. But I think it depends on the day it changes. But maybe we'll talk about it at the yeah, end of this episode. Because sure. this will be the uh, the sort of wrap up for season two. So it's a good time to talk about it. And hey, I don't know. Maybe I'll find out soon who I would be in the Mortal Kombat world. Hard to say. Whoa, what does that mean? I don't know. We'll see. Wow. So... <laughs> Are you being made into a character in the game? I don't Are know. Are you DLC, Ben Meckler DLC for Mortal Kombat? I really want to tell you, and maybe I will when we're done recording. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> I'm about to shit in my pants. <laughs> oh, also really quick, would you consider the like Freddy Krueger inclusions canon? They have they have an in canon answer. Okay, though. I can't wait to. Like, will you talk about it? Like, um, it doesn't really compl- Let me explain one thing real quick. Okay. And then I'll and then I'll answer the Freddy question okay. and then we'll get into today's character because okay, great. The one thing you have to kind of understand, like the keystone of the Mortal Kombat like franchise, is that um, there at the beginning of time, <laughs> there were the Elder Gods. They're sort of like a, a pantheon of gods, you know, in a typical fashion. And there was the One Being, and it's unclear exactly what the One Being was, other than uh, a single being that was massive and celestial. Some I guess kind, kind of god. Kind, yeah, kind of like the. Um, Kind of like the, you know, the Eternals or whatever from, like, Marvel, the way that they have those kind of, or not the Eternals, the Celestials, nowhere. They go to, like, the big head in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. For some reason, I was thinking of, like, the Green Lantern guys. Oh, right. No, it's it's, it's totally different. They're, they're like, ancient creatures that were alive and existed, but, um, so so there was the, the Elder Gods, there was the One Being... And the Elder Gods got sick of the one being, sharing, whatever their, like, ethereal god space was. They're like, he's sapping our power. He's too powerful. We have to, like, split him up. So using these sacred artifacts called Kamidogu daggers. And I don't know what's really an artifact when you're literally an Elder God that existed from the dawn of time. Yeah, but good using, point. using these weapons called Kamidogu daggers, they split the one being up into several pieces. And those pieces became the realms 
and one of those realms is Earth realm. Which so part like, is his? Which part is Earth? Oh, we're his dick. Um, <laughs> I was like, I knew it. I knew we were. You knew, yeah. I just wanted to hear you yeah. say it. I, we're, we are the one being's <laughs> nipples. Um, <laughs> but um, so basically, like the answer to why are there multiple dimensions and what are those? There, there's there's Earth realm. There's Outworld, which is like a very. It's like Lord of the Rings if climate change happened, and and more based on like Eastern mythology. So sure. it's like dragon people and mutants and deserts and acid pools. Then there's Edenia, which is like Eden. It's like beautiful. There's waterfalls, lush forests. The people there can do magic and they live for hundreds of years instead of our lifetimes, which are like decades. Like the elves. There's the nether realm, which is basically hell. And like demons live there. And the like Lucifer of the Mortal Kombat world lives there. And some souls can be sent there and turned into like undead revenants. Um... And then there are many more. There's like a vampire realm. There's like a dinosaur people realm. There's what? like There's all sorts of different realms. There's a chaos realm where there are no rules. There's an order realm where there's only rules. So they cut this guy into like almost unlimited pieces. Right. But imagine that this person was this being, if we can even wrap our heads around the size and scope. Yeah. I mean, it's like a Cthulhu-y kind of thing. Okay. It's like we could, you couldn't, your nose would bleed if I tried to explain to you like, <laughs> What it looked like, how big it was. Right. And it's literally like a being that was so large, the gods got sick of it. So That's um, so funny. He's just taking, too, too, taking up too much space. He's far too big a boy, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Was it an evil move for them to do that? It's unclear. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's certainly told in our histories as it was good that they did that. But, um, you know, who writes history? The victor. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because the Elder Gods also do a lot of shit where you're like... Mm, are you bad? <laughs> right. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our history books say we're actually very nice. <laughs> yeah. So um, do those gods come into play at all? Like yes. in the in the continuing saga, they do. Wow, that's cool. So basically, what happened was they split the the one being up in all these realms. We are obviously, you know, over time, life began in these realms. And when I say like. Earth realm is a piece of the Elder God. I mean, like our whole universe, not just our planet. These aren't planets; they're like Jesus. entire dimensions, yeah. realities. So, um, in like a Doctor Strangey kind of way. So, yeah. uh, you know, we life began. People developed in these realms, and eventually advanced to the point of being aware of other realms and wanting to conquer those realms. And the Elder God saw this and were like, "Oh no, that is the one being trying to like reassemble himself." So we need a safeguard that'll make it more difficult for, you know, say the people of Outworld to conquer uh, the people of Earthrealm and merge those realms together. So they said, oh, easy fix. We'll create a fighting tournament. Um, (laughs) Of course. And in order to merge with another realm, you have to win 10 fighting tournaments in a row. Right. And that's that's hard as fuck. Who's ever going to do that? Yeah, solved. Uh, (laughs) So... That is what they did, right. and that's the big buy-in of Mortal Kombat. And so, and every game is about a tournament, right? Like every single game. Honestly, only the first two. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shit. Yeah. So, what happens after that? Um, things just escalate. Okay. So the first game was about the tenth Mortal Kombat tournament that was going to decide whether Outworld could conquer Earthrealm. So, like, that game really was about, like, people who were becoming aware that if they don't win this fighting tournament, Earth gets destroyed. Because the tournaments, for whatever reason, happen over protracted periods of time. Like, those 10 tournaments that led up to Earth almost being conquered took place over 500 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So, um, 
that's kind of like the interesting background of the world. So in terms of like why do characters like Freddy Krueger exist? Uh, he's from the Dream Realm. Oh, nice. There's he when he died as an Earth Realmer, he somehow managed to descend to a, another plane of existence called the Dream Realm. And that's just another realm in Mortal wow. Kombat. So he's canon. It's normal. So does that mean that the Friday the th- or the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series exists in the Mortal Kombat world? Yep. That's badass. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Why not? Who's going to stop him? I, I I won't. Nobody. I'm there for you it. You don't even have that power. I don't. <laughs> um. Yeah. So pretty, the, it's like pretty cool to imagine like, so f- from where Mortal Kombat stands, like any villain in the Mortal Kombat world that's trying to conquer other realms, it's almost out of their control. It's almost like a bigger than we can imagine thing force that's compelling that person to want to conquer other realms because in a larger sense, we are mere specks in sure. the one being's eye and the one being wants to be reassembled. But the so is is there is there ever a story about the one being coming close to being reassembled or is that like a goal for any other kind ancillary of. characters? Yeah, kind of. And we'll get to that. Okay. Some crazy stuff happens when it gets a little too close for comfort. Oh shit. Because there's a lot of the mythology obviously over time changed and grew and so other things beyond the fighting tournament become possibilities and it gets it gets buck wild. Wow. Do yeah. the do the gods ever include themselves in any form of fighting or Yes. So another interesting thing the Elder Gods did was they created basically demigods and put one in charge of each of the realms to almost be like the team coach sure. for the Mortal Kombat tournaments. They were like, Your job is to protect they were like Raiden, you're the god of thunder. We're gonna put you in Earth, Earth Realm, you're gonna be in charge of protecting Earth Realm. And so you will have to find Earth's greatest fighters and keep them ready for any threats that come from other realms. They put a guy named Argus in charge of Edenia. They put a guy named Shao Kahn in charge of Outworld. And Shao Kahn said, "Mm, I'd rather rule this realm than protect it. And so he uh, sapped it of all of its energies, climate changed an otherwise lush and beautiful place, and killed the emperor, this guy... um, the dragon king Onaga, and he took over the realm and then set about using the armies of Outworld to start conquering other realms. So actually, by the time we even start the story we'll be telling today, he's already conquered many, many realms and merged them with Outworld, including Edenia, that really pretty one that we talked about. Oh, shit. Um, Wait, so is Edenia like, like also destroyed and looks yeah. like, wow, that's gar- that sucks. Yeah, by the, time, by the time the story we will tell today kicks off, Idenia and many other realms have been destroyed and Earth is like next on the list. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, Which is something do? that like people find out, oh, we can win the Mortal Kombat tournament, <laughs> dude. But before we talk about the character that we're going to talk about today, there's a segment this season. I uh, discovered that there's a loose theme that kind of ties the characters introduced in Mortal Kombat 2 together and that theme is friendship. Also, uh, a mechanic that was added into the game uh, where instead of a fatality, you could do a friendship and become friends, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, so I decided to add a segment to the show called Friendship, in which I talk to my guests about how we became friends. Steve, how did we become friends? You know, I guess it's I, I guess it's because we just share a shitload of mutual friends, right? We do. Yeah, I was trying to remember the like uh, my best guess at how we actually became because I think we followed each other on Twitter like a long time ago. Yeah, just because I think a lot of our mutual friends were retweeting uh, us into each other's timelines. Yeah. But I do think probably specifically it was Whitney Moore, uh-huh. uh, a very close friend of both of ours. Uh-huh. 
um, who's getting married this weekend. I know, and we're going to party. Oh, we're going to party. It's going to be so fun. And celebrate two beautiful humans. Yep. And yeah, I, I guess Whitney I'm, tr- I'm trying time. to remember when, when, like, when was the first time we actually physically met each I'm, other. I'm going to say it might have, we may have, like, met briefly at parties, but yeah. I think the most contact we had was probably when I wrote a show for Whitney called Thrashtopia. That's it. And you yeah. did an episode. Yeah, that's it. And we either met when it premiered or yeah. we met, like, during production. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's when the connection became stronger, for sure. Definitely. That's what I think when we became, like, actually friends yes. and not just, like, acquaintances. Yeah, because I remember yeah. Whitney saying, like, you got you know Ben Meckler, right? And I'm like, yeah, I think I follow him on Twitter. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he's heavily involved in this show, and he wrote a lot of these episodes and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Wow, and- she really undersold it. I wrote all of the episodes. <laughs> well, now you got to have her on <laughs> to talk about that. Yeah, I'm going to have her on immediately confront her. Yeah, be like, so, so you, you told really- Steve I wrote some of the episodes? You told, told him I was pretty involved? <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. I remember us developing it together, Winnie. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's our friendship. Yeah, and then we've since then we've we've hung out at various events and mm-hmm. things, and we've seen each other at comic cons, and it's been delightful. Yeah, I rode my first uh, electric scooter with you at yeah, comic con. Yeah, that year. was fun, man. It was so with fun. a very drunk Brett Register. Yeah, yeah, and you took some great photos of us. I did. They're yeah. very, very. I've taken a lot of. I feel like. Within two weeks, I took a lot of really nice photos of you. Yeah, specifically. and I love them. They are in my collection of good photos of me. I like there's taking not very pics. many in there. I almost brought my camera here, and then I was like, it's redundant. I have a million photos of you, and we're just going to be in like a studio. I guess that's true. <laughs> um, hey, but enough mucking around. Let's talk about the character we're here to talk about today, Sub-Zero. But not the Sub-Zero I've already discussed on this show in Season 1, but the second Sub-Zero, Kwai Lang who's actually the Sub-Zero everybody knows. He's not the first person to have that name. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Wow, I'm ready. Sub-Zero was uh, the one that we're talking about today. His name's Kwai Lang. He was uh, born in China with uh, his older brother, Bi Han. And as mere babies, they were kidnapped by uh, the Lin Kuei. The Lin Kuei is the deadliest uh, assassination clan in the world. Arguably, they're tied with one other, a Japanese uh, clan of assassins called the Shirai Ryu that have been their rivals throughout history. They hate each other. Uh, And the Lin Kuei, uh, they steal basically babies that they somehow have knowledge could be talented fighters and train them from, like, birth. As babies. To be master assassins. As babies. As babies. And um, Bihan and Kuei Lang, it becomes very clear quickly why specifically they were kidnapped as babies and uh it's because they are cryomancers unlike most other human beings of course who were born and raised on earth uh they have the ability to create and manipulate ice and just from birth it's just from birth like almost like mutants yes and that's very unusual because in the world of mortal Kombat, they do do a pretty good job of saying uh there isn't really magic on earth like organically you'd have to go and learn it somewhere else. So it is certainly odd and special that two humans have the ability to use ice. And there might be a reason behind that that we might find out later. Wow. But that's got to be the reason why they were kidnapped as babies more than anything. Yes. Because the way that the Lin Kuei operates and the way that the Shirai Ryu, their rivals operate, is they're at such a high level. Because you know how there's like, you know, certainly there are assassins who you could just like hire to like murder your husband. Sure. In LA. I'm sure you could find someone- um, 
then you know you get a little bigger and there's like john wick kind of people that like the very wealthy can hire to kill their like political rivals or whatever um the lin kuei the shiraiu they are so high end that they get hired by like gods and they are some of the few people uh in earth realm that are aware that there are other dimensions that things like the the mortal Kombat tournament exist they have access they're basically like uh, illuminati assassins they have access to knowledge people generally do not have wow shit they'll get they'll get orders to say like hey can you send some of your ninjas to like another realm to steal this like artifact and kill like this person and like, then you can rely on them to do that yes with, they never, with great they success. never fail. Yeah. Wow. Shit. It's pretty bonkers. Yeah. So like literally, like Raiden, the god in charge of protecting Earth, or like necromancers from the Nether Realm will like show up at the Grandmaster of the Lin Kuei's office and be like, "Hey, uh, can you can you can you kill like two demons for me and then steal this like precious gem that's over a lava volcano?" And they're like, "Yeah, no problem." And they just send like Sub Zero or yeah, wow, or, or uh, any of the other you know assassins. We'll we'll learn some more yeah. about about the contemporaries of of Sub Zero. So. Bihan and Kwai Lang, they're master assassins. They're known as the best assassins in the Lin Kuei by the time they come of age. Um, and everyone kind of has a code name. So Bihan, the older brother, goes by the name of Sub-Zero. And Kwai Lang, the younger brother, goes by the name of Tundra. So while the two brothers are considered like the best assassins, everyone's like, oh, Tundra and Sub-Zero, like they can do pretty much anything. They, can, they never fail. Bihan is considered a little bit better than Kwai Lang. Because he's literally got like a cold heart. He's got a heart of ice. He is ruthless. He'll kill anyone. He doesn't care. Zero emotions. Absolutely none. He's just a cold-blooded killer. Whereas Kwai Lang is a lot more compassionate. Um, he, you know, has sort of rules. He's more like the, you know, classical like movie assassin. It's like, I'm not going to just like kill whoever I need to on the way to doing a hit. I don't want there to be extra casualties. I'll, I have a job and this is my job. That's how right, he looks at right. it. Right, right. But Sub-Zero is just like, I don't give a shit. Right. Like, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Right. So, yeah. So, Bihan, he he's he doesn't even have a very good relationship with Kwai Lang. Well, they're brothers, and there's probably some amount of love between them. And Kwai Lang probably looks up to his older brother to some degree. Bihan doesn't really have, like, relationships with people. Whereas Kwai Lang, like, he has a best friend that he grew up with in, in the Lin Kuei. This guy, Smoke, who has smoke powers. Also mysterious for a human to have that. Also has an interesting backstory. Um, have you done? Have you covered Smoke already? Yeah, a, a couple episodes. I covered Smoke uh, with uh, my best buddy Walter Holman. Oh shit! That mm-hmm. was that the last one. Um, it was the yes. It was the last one. Technically, <laughs> it's the last one before we are recording. Yes, this. yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, why is Smoke familiar? Oh yeah, that's the one I just listened to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So because Bihan is so ruthless, the Grandmaster of the Lin Kuei, uh, basically is very clear about the fact that he's his favorite. He's the first person he'll send for everything. He he loves him even more than his own son, Sector, uh, who is another assassin who's who's really good, but not quite as good as these brothers. Wow, so, shit. Uh, so he, there Tundra. must be some co- conflict and tension between those characters because of that. Yeah, Sector doesn't have, like, powers necessarily, so he definitely, like, resents the Cryomancer brothers. He... he, he has like a real chip on his shoulder. He, he wants to be the best. And I think it's because he wants his dad to love him. Um, Don't yeah. we all? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw Ad Astra yesterday. And it's like a whole movie about I that. I need to see that shit. Uh, it's fantastic. Okay. Definitely not for everyone. Um, it's like mythological. It's very like simple, stripped down. Even the dialogue, very straightforward. Um, but I thought it was a really great film. Wow, I got to really see it. Great. Yeah. 
Uh, so because the Grandmaster loves Bihan so much, uh, when he gets like a super important mission that involves crossing dimensions and stealing stuff and killing demons and fighting like very supernatural creatures, he sends Bihan on that mission uh, for this necromancer named Quan Chi, a sorcerer from the Nether Realm. He's like, I need you to go get me some stuff, and he's like, Yeah, I'll have Bihan do it. Uh, so Bihan goes on this mission uh, while Kwai Lang stays at home and is like, Okay, I'm sure Bihan will be fine. He's my older brother. He's good at everything. Um, Bihan comes back and, uh, Kwai Lang finds out that he ran into his rival, the best assassin that the Shirai Ryu has, Scorpion, and killed him on that mission. Oh, so shit. it's like huge. Like, Kwai Lang's super proud of his brother. He's like, oh man, Scorpion's like been a thorn in our side forever. He's killed a bunch of Lin Kuei assassins. That's awesome. Good job, big bro. Um, and so because of the success of that mission, the Grandmaster says, all right, Bihan, I'm sending you on another one. There is this thing called the Mortal Kombat Tournament. Comes around every, you know, 100 years, every 50 years. Uh, I need you to go. You'll fight in that tournament, but really the job is to murder this sorcerer named Shang Tsung. He's hosting it. The tournament's happening on his island, which is called Shang Tsung's Island. Uh, of course it is. Yeah. And he's like, so I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need you to go there, Bihan, uh, and go take care of that. And Kwai Lang is like, "Hey, man, see you later, bro. I bet it's gonna be awesome. You're gonna crush <laughs> it at that tournament." Um, and then uh, a few probably weeks later, Kwai Lang gets the news that uh, Bihan was murdered at the tournament. Wow! By by Scorpion, who showed back up. Turns out he wasn't dead. And he murdered Behan there. Wait, so he didn't die, or he did die, but he's back? I would say that for Kwai Lang, the answer is unclear. Wow. He doesn't know. All he knows is he. They basically say, like, "Hey, Kwai Lang, uh, sorry to tell you, Behan, he died at that tournament." Kwai Lang's like, "What? Who could have possibly killed Behan? He's he's the greatest assassin that ever lived." And they're like, "Scorpion." And Kwai Lang's like, "What? How? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He killed Scorpion. He's really in a tailspin." Wow. Yeah. So Kwai Lang is like, I have to go find out what happened to my brother and find Scorpion and get revenge. Uh, and from this day forward, I am no longer Tundra. I'm taking on my brother's mantle and I will be known as Sub-Zero. Wow. That's so, badass. Yeah. That's a whole episode of a fucking cool show. And that's what happens during the first Mortal Kombat game. No shit. <laughs> For Kwai Lang. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. What do they get out of it for going and doing these like missions for the gods and stuff and going to different dimensions and stuff? I mean, literally. So the Grand Master gets paid and okay. he gets power. Okay. Um, For the actual assassins, they're basically brainwashed. I yeah. Mean, they're from just when they were babies, they're just taught. And I think that there's definitely some of the assassins certainly question, am I doing this because I want to be the best? Am I doing this because... It's what I'm good at. Am I doing this because I'm not good at anything else? Am I doing this because of loyalty? This is my family. And I think that um, there must be assassins within the Lin Kuei who don't want to do it anymore or who try to leave. Yeah. And um, that might that might come up a little bit. In yeah. a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm sure their respective clans take care of them and put them up and give them a cool pad and like maybe give them food and drink. and They're taken care of. What's interesting is the Lin Kuei... I believe you're, like, not allowed to have a family, not allowed to have, like, relationships and stuff. The Shirai Ryu, I think you are. Because Scorpion had a family. Um, wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. He had a family. 
and we'll get into what happened with them. But um, yeah, so so there, it's interesting. There are definitely like differences between the clans. And, yeah, like, it is the Lin Kuei is is very much the, like it's a cult. Wow, that's really what it is. Yeah, it's a cult where one person's making a lot of money. Yeah, well there you go. It's like Which a is traditional what mo- cult. Most cults. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Kwai Lang is like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to find Scorpion now. He's hard to find when he wasn't either assassinated or not by my brother. And so, at that point, is the tournament over? The tournament's over. Um, yeah, so they everyone just goes off to wherever they came from. Yeah. The tournament's over, and, and Earthrealm won, so they don't get conquered. They don't get merged with the other realm. So it is like even more so, like, yeah, the island crumbled into the sea, so I can't go back to the Shang island. Shang Island. Yeah. So I can't go back to the island. I, I don't know where to even like go to find out. But thankfully, Kwai Lang finds out that uh, there's going to be a do-over tournament. Outworld is furious. Their emperor, Shao Kahn, is livid that the tournament went awry, which I get. After 500 years and nine victories, be pretty pissed to have to start over. Yeah, What? why? What happened? Um, how did he lose? Well, no, What? What? why did it need to start over? Well, if you don't win 10 tournaments in a row, you have to start from one. Oh, fuck. Man. It's in a row. <laughs> so, uh, but, I guess that's lucky for us. But Shao Kahn, he finds like a way to bend the rules. I guess like if, if another realm agrees to like redoing a tournament, you can. And he basically bull- uses terrorism and kidnappings and stuff to bully the Earthrealm warriors into coming to Outworld now to his home turf for a do-over tournament. Wow. Yeah. It's a suicide mission. It is very much a suicide mission. It has to be. But that said, Kwai Lang hears about it, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go there. I'm sure Scorpion will be there or someone who knows where he is, who was at the first tournament, and I'm going to get revenge. And his best friend Smoke is like, yeah, dude, I'm going with you. We're going to another realm. This wow. is going to be crazy. And going to another realm for them, is that just like opening a door and just going through it? Or is there like a whole involved process of... It usually involves a portal of some kind. Yeah, that I, somebody has to conjure, or can they just like go whenever they want? I think probably the Lin Kuei is of a status where they have, at this point, the ability to open portals. I would say probably using magic, maybe using technology. Because later on down the line, the U.S. government gets access to technology that can open portals to other realms. Uh-oh. So, um, yeah, I think uh, probably the way they did it was they were like, Grandmaster, we're going to the tournament. And the Grandmaster was like, great. Uh, beep, portal for you. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, go to our portal room. We'll hook you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just have so much history that I think they've like figured stuff like that out. Sure. Logistically. Um, so... Sub-Zero, the new Sub-Zero, he, he goes there with Smoke, and he meets uh, the protector of Earthrealm, Raiden, who's like, wait, are you the other Sub-Zero? He's like, no, I'm his younger brother. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I met your older brother uh, during his final mission when he allegedly killed Scorpion. I saw that happen, so Scorpion's definitely like super undead. I don't know where he is, though. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he was killed, maybe. He was killed, and he's somehow back he's as some back. kind of an undead revenant. Yeah. I wonder if that's where he gets his, like, skull face powers and stuff. It is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when Kwai Lang really learned that that was the case, but, yeah, he figures that out. Yeah. Um, and so he meets Raiden, and he meets basically, like, Team Earth while he's over there in Outworld at the tournament, kind of, like, edging his way in. So he meets the Shaolin monk Liu Kang, who was the champion that won the first tournament. He meets uh, Special Forces agent Sonya Blade. She's from the Special Forces Department of uh, the Military. That is basically like military X-Files. 
Um, <laughs> any meat? Um, and she was worthy of fighting in the tournament. She was. Uh, she kind of also edged her way in. Okay, all right. Um, she was there looking for uh, a mercenary who had killed her partner That's years right. ago. And uh, and movie star Johnny Cage, who entered the first tournament <laughs> to prove that he doesn't uh, use visual effects in his <laughs> martial arts. Is he worthy? He's fully worthy of being there. He and turns as out. As those he people? turns out to be worthy. Wow. Yeah, that's so strange. Uh huh. How could our nor just a normal dude? Well, we find out much later that he is a descendant of a Mediterranean war cult. Um, oh shit! But uh, but martial arts is really the only answer <laughs> 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 until that point. Yeah, sure. Martial yeah. arts against like other dimension, unfathomable powers. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love he it. fights like dragon people. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do wonder when Kwai Lang met him if he had seen a movie in his life, or let alone like Johnny Cage. Because I'm sure Johnny Cage was like, oh, yeah, you're from Earthrealm? Oh, you're from China? Yeah, well, my movie's open huge there. Uh, have you seen Ninja Mime? And I'm sure Kwai Lang is like, no, I'm in a cult. Yeah. I don't is that a tournament? Movies. What is that? Yeah, what is it? Um, so they fight the tournament, and Sub-Zero winds up fighting uh, an Outworlder and sparing his life at the end of the fight. And everyone is like, whoa, what? That's weird. But everyone kind of gets clued into like this. That is how Kwai Lang operates. He's not going to kill someone if it's not necessary. Yeah, and he's, he's like, not there to really fight. He wants to no. find out where, he wants to find he's Scorpion. He's there to kill Scorpion. Yeah. So he's like, I don't have a reason to kill someone, so I'm not going to take this person's what? life. Yeah, and everyone's like, wow, that's wild. Um, Do they respect that or are they like pussy? I think some people <laughs> respect it and some people definitely like think he's a coward. Yeah. Because it is a tournament where people kill each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, by the end of the tournament, he and Smoke fail to find Scorpion. He's nowhere to be seen. Um, but they do witness Liu Kang winning yet again, defeating Shao Kahn and saving Earth. Wow, badass. And they've made some new friends. Of course. Yeah. Um <laughs> Where does Goro fall into all of this? Goro was the champion of Outworld that won those nine tournaments in a row and then lost for the first time at that 10th tournament and is presumed dead at this point. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Sub-Zero and Smoke return home empty-handed. They go back to the Lin Kuei Temple and they're like, fuck, we didn't find Scorpion. Uh, they We won the tournament, but we don't, you know, so Earth still exists, I guess, yay, but we don't know where <laughs> Scorpion is. Um, but when they get back there, the Grand Master says, hey, guys, I have some wonderful news. Uh, we've enacted a new program here at the Lin Kuei called the Cyber Initiative. And uh, <laughs> Kwai Lang and Smoke are like, what, are you, what is that? And he goes, oh, well, we're converting uh, everyone in the Lin Kuei to cyborgs, ripping their brains and spines out of their bodies <laughs> and putting them in robot bodies so that they'll be completely subservient and better killers because emotion won't get in the way of their missions that we program into them. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. <laughs> and uh, Sector is like, this is great. It evens the odds. People's powers won't matter when we're all robots. Pop me into one of those robots, Dad. Yeah, I want some fucking powers for once. Yeah, and then Cyrax, another uh, ninja, someone that, that Smoke and uh, Sub-Zero kind of know pretty well. He is like, I don't want to be turned into a robot, and he gets turned into a cyborg anyway. They force him to. Oh, fuck. Uh, and so Smoke and Sub-Zero are like, there's no fucking way we're doing this, and they try to ditch the Lin Kuei, but these... Uh, it's the only home that Kwai Lang has ever known at this point, I got to say. So, like, that had to have been a huge emotional yeah. choice to leave. Uh, there was no real path forward other than maybe the, like, three people he just met in <laughs> right, our world. Right, right. 
Um, but he abandons his home. That said, they're now stalked by cyborg ninjas who are programmed to be perfect killers. They probably don't sleep. They, they don't, don't sleep. They don't eat. They don't. They, they definitely shit. Yeah. Oh, they shit. Have you yeah. seen it? Uh huh. I've seen the art. If you Google Cyrax cyborg shitting. Uh, <laughs> No, I don't know. I hope you can find it. You know that exists somewhere. It probably does. Yeah. We did test on a recent episode how easy it would be to find uh, lewd fan art of any character, and the answer is you sure can. You sure so can. So then there must be some sort of, you uh, gotta go in. Cyborgs the... shitting? Yeah, For there sure. has to be. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Smoke and Sub-Zero, they're running, they're you know camping out in the middle of the forest, they're trying to escape, trying to figure out where to go next, and of course they get caught by the cyber ninjas and smoke gets captured and he tells Sub-Zero run and Sub-Zero has no choice but to leave his best friend behind. Oh no. Uh, it's the only way that at least one of them gets to escape. Yeah. Hard, hard stuff. Yeah, man. I see the episode. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good stuff. It's good. So Kwai Lang goes on the run alone and he doesn't know who to go to. So he goes to Raiden who lives in like a crazy sky temple, like high up in the mountains in the clouds and he says, like, hey, what do I do? I need your help. And Raiden says, yeah, dude, I need your help. Some crazy shit just went down. Uh, Shao Kahn is not happy that he lost. So through some insane, overwrought, uh, basically, like, cheating of flexing, changing the rules, bending them, he's found a way to just invade Earth. And now monsters are pouring in from Outworld and flooding cities, and souls are being ripped out of people's bodies. Oh, and, fuck. And, and we need to go, fuck, like, boots on the ground, stop them. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. So Sub-Zero's like, all right, I'll help you if you help me. And Raiden says, yeah, that's the deal. So Sub-Zero's like, let's do this. So they go to the city, and he meets up with all the buddies he just met in Outworld, and they are fighting, like, monsters in the fucking streets in a full-on war against Shao Kahn's Where is that armies. game? Uh, that is Mortal Kombat 3. No shit. And you yeah. fight monsters and stuff? Yeah. In Mortal Kombat 3, it's not a tournament anymore. You're just playing as all the good guys and all the bad guys that are involved in this war that primarily takes place in, I believe, New York City. Wow. Fuck. I don't remember that. Yeah. And 3 is not that old, right? 3 is pretty old. It's like 95, I think. Wow. Maybe 96, I don't remember that. Somewhere in that, yeah, that late one, 90s period. That one must have slipped right by me for some reason. That was my favorite. Wow. That was the one that has like the the most expansive like mythology that's where they were like all right the mortal Kombat you knew plus robots plus cops plus mutants plus <laughs> yeah just throwing wow fuck yeah yeah it's pretty cool man i gotta dig back into these games they're the best yeah this makes me want to dig back in like Good. there's got to be some collection i could buy right that i could just like play through them or something you could definitely get access to all of the mortal Kombat titles I mean, if Steam, I would say they're definitely all on there. Yeah. But also, I'm pretty sure if you have Xbox or PlayStation, like PS Now or Xbox, like backwards compatibility, I'm pretty sure you could access all of them. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Got to get in there. Yeah, I think I might have to. Yeah. I'd still be bad at them. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Maybe I could learn how to do a fatality at this point. Um, I have a little more coordination than when maybe. I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Only a little. A touch. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... So Kwai Lang is all of a sudden in the middle of this huge war. Uh, he's like a soldier for Raiden. They're fighting. And uh, unfortunately, what he soon realizes is that Shao Kahn has hired, of course, 
the Lin Kuei oh, shit. to be a part of his army. Because Lin Kuei is totally, they're totally like realm agnostic. They don't care uh, what happens. So uh, all of a sudden, Sub-Zero finds himself fighting against his own clan, including the cyborgs. Uh, and monsters. And yeah, and monsters just... and ninjas and martial artists and gods. Jeez. It's a nightmare. Uh, so he gets confronted by Sector, Cyrax, and Smoke, who is now a cyborg. Oh, no. And in the middle of this fight where it's just him against three cyborgs, he tries to reach out to Smoke and to say, I know your body is gone, that they chucked it in the garbage, yeah. but your soul is still in there. I know that my buddy Tomas, this is his real name, he's like, I know that you're still in there. And Kwai Lang is able to get through to his best friend. Smoke is able to kind of like push through his programming. And together, Sub-Zero and Smoke fight off Cyrax and Sector. Wow, he gets through to him. He gets through to him. And around the same time, Liu Kang once again defeats Shao Kahn. He kicks his ass so hard that Shao Kahn phases out of our realm entirely and back to Outworld in such a weakened state that all the realms that he conquered are now kind of like loosely up for grabs again. Wow, like, so he undid like centuries of his work essentially yeah. by kicking his ass. He kicked his ass so bad. He uh, he, he rewrote like, history. He rewrote history. Yeah. Yeah. But he can't be killed. These guys can't be killed. Well, he's a god. He's so a god. it's it's more complicated yeah. than like mortality, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh while Shao Kahn's forces are retreating, unfortunately amidst the chaos Sub-Zero and Smoke get separated again. And he doesn't really get to see where Smoke gets dragged off to. Um, but at least he knows the real Smoke is back in there. There was a redemption story in there. Yeah. He, he, he did what Raiden asked him to do, and Earth is safe. I wonder if it makes it less scary to be forced to be a cyborg now at that point, where, where you learn that if your soul is pure enough, you can still break through that programming and maybe be yourself a little bit. I think so. I think it's less scary, but I think it's probably still upsetting because you're. It's like that. It's like that kind of feeling of like I'm a freak now. No yeah. one will ever love me. This isn't me anymore. Yeah, I don't have a dick anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's smooth robot. I didn't even think stuff about that. There. Yeah. You're already like a mindless drone, essentially. Like, but yeah. but then you don't have your dick. Mm-hmm. Ugh. What kind of life? I'm sure you could like. When you're a robot, I guess the customization options are endless. There you go. You know, you could upgrade your RAM and get like a bionic wow. penis. Wow, and then you could the possibilities are endless yeah. at that point. You could have like any kind of dick you want. That's true. <laughs> and you could have an orgasm at the push of a button. Yeah. You could go, I'm ready to come. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Yeah. Yeah, that's the command. Uh-huh. Siri. Yeah. I'm Siri. ready to come. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So he loses smoke, but he's probably still out there. Mm-hmm. And this battle is over because Shang Tsung got his ass kicked. Yeah. And so, Shao Kahn and Shang Tsung. Shao Kahn, mm-hmm. sorry. Shang Tsung is like Shao Kahn's sorcerer. His like Rasputin. Right, yeah. right. But but Shao Kahn defeated, yeah. is the bigger bad guy. Yes. So what's up with Raiden and their agreement? I mean, I guess the agreement's over because now the now everyone's retreated and that and they're yeah. not looking for Sub Zero anymore. Right. It was about not hunting him down, about uh, also freeing Smoke. Um, really, before I think, so Kui Lang, he's like, this war's over, my life is over. I lost my friend, my brother, my clan. I don't know what to do next. Yeah. 
Um, and maybe thankfully for Sub-Zero at this point, he realizes that there is, uh, while Earth is momentarily safe, a new evil arises that must be conquered. So he has another battle to fight. Man, how much time between all of these things? I honestly think a few days. Jesus Christ. Maybe a few maybe a few weeks. It's like how do you how do you rest? Yeah, you can this just is, get jump right into another big fucking battle. This is a very smart villain who specifically waited until the realms were at their weakest and Shao Kahn had lost. So there's this guy Shinnok. He actually used to be one of the elder gods. And when they split up the one being and made all the different realms, he was like, We should be able to conquer them, right? Let's all pick a realm and take it over. And the elder gods didn't really want to do it that way. So they fought him. There's a huge war between the elder gods. And Shinnok lost, obviously, against all the other Elder Gods, was banished forever to the Nether Realm, And he's just kind of been down there biding his time until he could conquer all of the realms on his own and then wage war against the Elder Gods. Wow. So pretty much as soon as Shao Kahn finally loses, up come this demonic army, the Brotherhood of Darkness, uh, led by Shinnok. And who is Shinnok's little Rasputin, but Quan Chi... That necromancer from the Nether Realm who had hired like Bihan for that mission way back when. In the yeah. First place. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dude, this this is so rich. Yeah. It's a deep lore you got going here. It's insane. Wow. There's so much. There's so much. And I'm gonna be honest, Steve. We're we're not that far in. Wow. There's a lot more to talk about. And uh, is all of this from just the games, or is this also from like? So far, we are just talking about the games. Wow, fuck. This All is, right. We're getting into Mortal Kombat. All right, I'm buckled in, baby. Strap in. Here we go. All right, so Sub-Zero goes to Raiden and is like, I'm willing to help. I'm going to throw in for this fight. I have nothing else to do, so at least I'll get like a bed and some warm food. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't have like I'm not like good at like notation or like, I'm not going to be a good assistant. Like I don't have a, I'm not going to be able to get a job. So. I'm just going to keep doing the murder thing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so Yeah, it's not like he can go be an accountant. Right. It's not going to work. So they so they get into like the series of battles against Shinnok's forces as they're trying to stop Shinnok's forces from conquering the realms. And amidst one of those battles, who should all of a sudden leap out of the shadows and attack Sub-Zero but... Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Scorpion is like, Bihan, I will kill you. And Kwai Lang is like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Scorpion goes on this whole monologue as he's about to murder uh, Kwai Lang, where he says, Bihan, finally I can take my revenge. I blame you for murdering. You murdered my family and you murdered my clan. And Kwai Lang's like, what are you talking about? That was not me. I'm also pretty sure my older brother didn't kill your family, did he? And that's when Quan Chi arrives and taunts the two of them and basically reveals that uh, he orchestrated all of these events. He sent Bihan on that mission, knowing that he'd be able to get him to kill Scorpion. He resurrected Scorpion to be his, like, basically, you know, little demonic henchman. Just manipulate him. And he's the one who killed uh, Scorpion's whole family and oh, clan. shit. In and order to, like... pinned it on fucking Sub-Zero. Pinned it, pinned it on old Bihan. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just, I wonder if Scorpion's like, wait a minute, didn't I kill you? Does, 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 does he look different from the original uh, Sub-Zero? Scorpion, it, he does look a little different. He has a, a, a scar that runs through his eye. Um... 
But I think that for Scorpion, he is basically like an undead rage machine at this yeah. point. So, d- so he just sees Sub-Zero and is like, you must also, d- you're alive again and I have to kill you again. Yeah. Yeah. But Scorpion hears this whole monologue and I don't know what the fuck Quan Chi was thinking because Scorpion immediately runs off away from Kwai Lang, tackles Quan Chi and drags him into the nether realm to torture him for all eternity. Yeah, why? You never do, you never explain your whole villain thing right there. Yeah, I was like, maybe wait. <laughs> like yeah. a minute till you yeah. got Scorpion. I think he thought he had Scorpion on the ropes, right? And didn't realize that he created a monster. He thought he was creating a a, a perfect servant. Yeah. And then he, I think he got nervous, like, oh no, Kwai Lang's gonna tell Scorp, like, help Scorpion figure out the truth. I'll just tell the truth and then kill him. Oh no, he's running at me! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not very smart. Yeah. So Kwai Lang's like lying on the ground, like, what the. F- fuck was that yeah because he just got attacked by scorpion and then the guy was like actually it's me and he's like what and then <laughs> they just disappeared uh so he brushes himself off and helps his old buddy Liu kang and raiden defeat shinnok uh stop the nether realm from invading and he's like all right i feel like a chapter of my life is closed yeah fuck he goes it's time for me to head home find out what's going on at the lin Kuei, and see if i can make that place my home again whoa he's like i'm gonna go clean up he's like that's like the one loose thread left in my life so he goes to the lin Kuei temple and when he gets there he finds that sector murdered his own father the grand master took over and uh basically made like the rest of the lin Kuei's ninjas like cyborg he's basically like it's an all robot clan now a cyborg oh, runs fuck. it and cyborgs are, are the whole deal. They're like just cyber ninja all the way. <laughs> yeah, wow. And so Sub-Zero says, Sector, uh, the way that leadership works in the Lin Kuei is if anyone challenges you and they're allowed to at any point, they can possibly become the new Grandmaster. So I challenge you to a duel. Uh, and so he kicks Sector's ass and Sector immediately just like runs away. <laughs> <laughs> and so Sub-Zero becomes the Grandmaster of the Lin Kuei. Whoa. Good thing he went back. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing he went back indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, I think he's become so, he's become more like his brother. He's he's seen how the world really works. He's seen so many ups and downs. Seen he's become a shit. stronger person. And I think he was just like finally strong enough to do this. He's out. He's totally out of his brother's shadow now. He was ready. Yeah. And he's let go probably of all that. Yeah. And by becoming the grandmaster of the Lin Kuei, he gets this special medallion that the Grandmaster always wears. And he discovers that this medallion basically amplifies your energy. And so his ice powers become stronger than ever. Oh, hell yeah. He used to be able to like throw ice and freeze people or like make ice clones of himself. Now he can like make an ice sword. He can oh, like, fuck yeah. he could freeze whole like buildings and shit. Like it's, it's cool. Nice. Yeah. He becomes a super, wow, super sweet icy. deal. Yeah. And uh, so he says, all right, we're making some changes around here. First off, all these cyborgs got to get crushed. He just chucks them <laughs> in the trash, gets rid of all the cyborgs. He moves the Lin Kuei from China to Antarctica because uh, okay. it's more comfortable for him. Elsa, he wants to have his little Elsa time. Ice Kingdom. I think he's also like, yo, this place is burned. People fucking know where the Lin Kuei is now. Yeah, that's true. We're going to go off and be our own like thing. And he recruits uh, a whole new generation of assassins in the Lin Kuei that are human that are human uh and one of them the first person he's met in a long time like this one of them is a cryomancer as well and her name is frost and he says i'm gonna make you my apprentice i'm taking you under my wing but does he secretly like love her in some way no she's she's a lot younger than he is some time has passed at this point sub-zero is probably i'm gonna say maybe like 40s yeah because they're aging yeah they're aging i mean he's just a guy 
So like now Sub Zero is like forties. I would say Frost is like early twenties. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So he takes her under his wing. I also honestly have some suspicions that uh Kwai Lang and Smoke, their relationship was a little there's you know, Kwai Lang either he's asexual or he's just very disciplined. Wow. Or I think he may have had like a um unfulfilled thing with wow. with smoke. It's just a guess. Is that the end of It's just their... an inference. Sure. But Why not? Yeah. It's like uh, it's like the whole Burt and Ernie thing. Yeah, it's definitely a Burt and Ernie situation. Yeah. There's a chance that they are gay and love each other or bi or pan. Yeah. Um but there was a love, there was a strong love. There's there. a very strong love. And maybe it was a brotherly love. Sure. But I, I would just say that like it certainly seemed like the most significant and sweet relationship that Kwai Lang ever had in yeah. his whole history. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't have a romantic side, or maybe he just never met the right person. Yeah. That wasn't a priority for him. He didn't know also what those possible. feelings were, maybe. It's also possible. He was in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> is that the end? So I I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, but is there is there some potential reunion with Smoke? Maybe. Okay. All right. I'm going to sit back. There might be. All right. So, uh, so... They're in the Antarctic. The Lin Kuei is relocated. Sub-Zero is training a new generation, and he's training Frost as apprentice, but she's very arrogant and spiteful person. Uh-oh. She's very, like, tribal, too. She's like, the Shirai Ryu are our rivals, right? And Sub-Zero's like, I don't really care about that anymore. And she's like, if I ever see one, I'm going to fucking kill him dead oh, straight, like, second I see that guy. And I think Sub-Zero's like, okay, uh, you're, a, <laughs> you're a bit much. Um, so everything's going well, and then... Uh, Kwai Lang gets a message that's very distressing. Liu Kang has been murdered. Oh, no. He's been murdered by a group calling themselves the Deadly Alliance, made up of Shang Tsung, who you may remember is sort of a vice president of Outworld figure, a oh, yeah. sorcerer. Shang Tsung of Shang Tsung Island. Shang Tsung of Shang Tsung's Island <laughs> and Quan Chi of the Nether oh, Realm. Oh, shit. These two sorcerers, Quan Chi, he escaped whatever pickle old Scorpion put him yeah, in. Yeah, I guess. And they've teamed up to form a deadly alliance, and they have their own aspirations to conquer the realms now. God, these guys just won't stay dead. They won't stay gone. They won't. And uh, step one for them was like, well, let's kill the person who has stopped every attempt up to this point in conquering the realms. Let's kill Liu Kang. And they did, successfully. Wow. They're getting up to some evil shit. Is that a battle that you can witness somewhere? That the Yeah. Yeah, nice. the game Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, which is the fifth game, opens with a cinematic in which the Deadly Alliance forms and murders Liu Kang. Wow, shit. They, like, snuck up on him while they were training, and Shang Tsung, who can shapeshift, uh, pretended to be Liu Kang's best friend. Um, and he showed up and was like, hey, man, how's it going? Oh, yeah. bummer. Well, that's dirty. It is. It is. It was when everyone felt safest, because I think years had passed at this point. Some would say that's not very fair. No. It's not but, sportsmanlike at all. But you know what? All is fair in love and Mortal Kombat. I guess that's true. <laughs> that's a shirt right there. Yeah, a shirt you could definitely sell. I feel like we've had many conversations about dumb shirts we yeah. want to make to make money. <laughs> yeah. I think the last one we talked about was you You wore a Beatles shirt. Oh, yeah. with the Oh, that's right. With to, the, with the gra- with It was like two gizmos, two different gizmo masks. Right. Two different stripe masks. Right. And it was... John, Paul, Ringo, and George. Yes. And then I said, <laughs> I want to do one that's John, Paul, George, and Rango from the movie Rango. And then I thought about really making it, and then I got too impatient, and I just wasted the joke on Twitter. 
<laughs> and honestly, I have no regrets. No, I, I don't I either. I still want to make that t shirt. Yeah. yeah. Has the image even been made? No. Yeah. Do you guys have, do you have a t shirt shop for, for we, Valley? We do Folk? sell shirts. Do you yeah. want to like do a collab? Let's do it. Let's That's just make that shirt and throw it on there. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. Uh <laughs> Sub Zero. Yeah, yeah. He gets a letter saying Luke Hank's been murdered. And at this point, being a very honorable person, he says I have to go get revenge. I have to help take down the Deadly Alliance. So he meets up with his old friend, Raiden. He's like, long time. I've grown up a lot. Uh, I've taken a leadership role at the Lin Kuei. I'm sure you heard. And Raiden's like, yeah, dude, okay, sure, yes. I heard. We all <laughs> Whatever, heard. dude. We all heard about the Lin Kuei. Um, <laughs> we and, heard about uh, how you massacred those robots. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Destroyed them all. And Sub-Zero's like, also, this is Frost. I brought her with me. I'm giving her kind of a little training thing. And Raiden's like, I can already tell she sucks, but sure. <laughs> She's going to be a problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and so while they are on Operation Stop the Deadly Alliance, Frost betrays Kwai Lang. She decides that she wants to steal his medallion. <sighs> Who didn't see that coming? Everyone saw it coming. She's got ambitions. She wants the medallion. She wants to be powerful. So She, she does... wants to amplify her powers. Exactly. Because she's like, I've learned all I can from you. I need to become more powerful. So she uh, steals the medallion. She... Gets her hands on it, rather. And as soon as she does, the power is too great for her to handle. She wasn't ready. And it immediately freezes her dead. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll happen. Yep. She chose poorly. She uh, she really, it's like uh, the beginning of uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know? Yep. It she is. She touch the idol. No. So uh, Sub-Zero is like, shit, guys, I'm really sorry about that. Um, I'm going to take Frost to uh i'm gonna find somewhere to bury her and they're in outworld at this point that's where they are looking for um shang sung and quan chi and so he's like yeah i'm gonna just i'm gonna take frost i'm gonna go look for somewhere to bury her out here in outworld so he's carrying her frozen body around <laughs> outworld and he is goes she just like in a cube or something she's or just she like a like, frozen person it's like it's a, like yeah. careful you don't slip and drop her right which is tough because she's made of ice she would shatter. shatter yeah which like look she's dead who cares right but, um <laughs> As as uh, Sub-Zero is wandering the outer reaches of Outworld, beyond anywhere he's explored before, trying to find somewhere honorable, you know, to bury his apprentice, he discovers a tribe of cryomancers. Oh, shit. He realizes that he and his brother must be the descendants of some Outworlders who came to Earth. So he's not really an Earthrealmer to begin with. He's always been... An outworlder, which is why, while he looks like a human being, he has cryomancy powers because he's not from Earthrealm. Was there like one of those situations where one of these native cryomancers like mated with a human, or is it essentially that like someone hid these babies on Earth or something? One would assume that somewhere down the line, the cryomancers did start having babies with humans in Earthrealm, and Outworld has like humans. Sure, they just are from Outworld. So I'm sure they're very compatible, like biologically. Um, but I, I would say I'm not totally sure, like at what point in the bloodline that happened. Yeah. Certainly Sub-Zero has human, Earthrealm human DNA in him. There's right. no way that it was like, it's impossible to say that it was like cryomancers down the line. Unless it was like, unless he really is like second generation. Right. Unless he is like, yeah, you, the two cryomancers who were already a couple came to Earthrealm and had his, the brothers, and then the brothers got kidnapped. I guess right. that is possible. Right. Yeah. But we don't know. We don't know. But he does realize that, and Frost as well, they all must be in some way descended, at least half Outworlder. Wow. Which is a pretty startling revelation for him. 
And so he actually trains with these cryomancers to learn how to really wield his magic. He becomes more powerful than ever because they teach him like the ancient wow, ways of cryomancy shit. from their people. Um, and it's like a great time for him. He's like, this is awesome. Like I've, I've found a real home. I found yeah. my real family. The secrets of his life are being unre- unveiled. Yeah, he's like learning about his heritage. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool for him. And then he, <laughs> He gets word that uh, all of his friends went and confronted the Deadly Alliance, and they all got killed. Ah, oh, shit! Everyone. God damn it! Uh huh. And um. Wow. But I, I mean, look, it's the job, right? It you is. Gotta it is the job. Some kind of word that your friends are going to be murdered. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's yeah. part of the. It's part of the job. It is part of the job. Uh, unfortunately, also, uh, the Deadly Alliance got murdered. They some, somewhat accidentally brought back, I don't know if you remember this name, I mentioned him at the very beginning of the podcast, Onaga the Dragon King, the old emperor of Outworld who was overthrown by Shao Kahn. Okay. Uh, he gets resurrected. He kills the Deadly Alliance. Raiden kills himself to try to like energy blast him to death. Doesn't work. Oh, shit. And now- Even Raiden's dead. Yeah. You weren't kidding when you said he's dead, and then everybody. he kind of gets resurrected, but he's not the same anymore. Wow, like he's like white dark. Gandalf. Yeah, Gandalf the White. He is. He's 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 dangerous. Uh, but basically, it's like everyone's dead, but Sub Zero now. Wow. And Onaga's out there doing his. I'm gonna conquer all the realms, compelled by the one being, but I don't know it kind of thing. Uh, so you would you could say that Sub Zero is alone now. Yeah. But now he's got his people, so maybe he could gather right. them all up. And I think he, while it's never really said specifically what happens, there's two possibilities. Either they did stay there and they were just like, come back when you're ready. Or he did take some of them to the Lin Kuei and kind of fused the groups. Yeah. It's not super clear Uh, what happened. Yeah. Because it's not a big part of his story from that point. It's really more the discovery and like all the extra training. Sure. Um, And now he's, you know, he's got some gray in his hair. He's like a master assassin. Like a lot has happened. Yeah. To Kuei Lang at this point. And so as he is heading off to find Onaga, because he's like the only person who can kill him now, uh, he comes across this woman named Serena. Serena says, I am uh, from the Netherrealm. I was born in the Netherrealm. I was raised in the Netherrealm. I have a demon form. I'm a Netherrealmer. Uh, I knew your brother, Bihan, when he was sent on that mission by Quan Chi, like way back when, the mission where he encountered Scorpion, was killed by Scorpion. He went to the nether realm to grab something. And in the nether realm, your brother uh, saved my life when he didn't have to. And Kwai Lang is like, emotionless. What? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I know your brother's reputation, and it's true that he had a cold heart. Yeah. But there's a part of him, there always was, that was really strong. And um, he... He saved me, and he really cared, and uh, and I and I owe him for that. And so I've been looking for you because I want to return the favor uh, to Bihan. And Sub Zero's like, okay. And she says, uh, come with me to the Nether Realm. And so he takes, she takes Kwai Lang to the Nether Realm, and they get they get down there. And she says, this is your brother. And she shows him that Bihan has been living all this time as an evil undead revenant who was created uh by quan chi of course in the nether realm as like a creature of pure evil and malice and who is now going by the name of noob saibot noob saibot yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow yeah and kuai lang is like it blows his mind yeah 
He's like, my brother's alive? But it gets crazier. But it's not really his brother anymore. Not really. But it is and it isn't. Yeah. It is and it isn't. Yeah. But it gets even crazier for, for Kwai Lang because he sees his brother is going around with somebody. And that person is Smoke. Oh, shit! Damn, son! That's cold as ice! Yeah, dude. Oh, perfect. <laughs> dude, we got to make some also some Foreigner Sub-Zero crossover <laughs> t-shirts. Willing yeah. to sacrifice There's a life. world where people want that. Yeah, I think There's so. a market for that. No, for sure. <laughs> it's a big market. It's Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, what yeah. the fuck? This so, is crazy. So as it turns out, Noob Saibot being a being of pure malice and darkness and evil... He is pretty much dedicated to just creating as much death and destruction as possible. But he has a friend in Smoke. Oh, I wouldn't say a friend. He basically found, after Smoke was carted off to Outworld at the end of the invasion, uh, Noob Saibot found him, like, basically abandoned in uh, in Shao Kahn's, like, treasury room, deprogrammed. Oh, right, right. And he decided to re... Bihan was like, perfect, I'll reprogram this cyborg. And I will make an army of cyber demons where I put demons inside a cyborg oh, body shit. and just go around the world killing people and creating death, death is, and destruction. That's the only thing driving him. Is that what smoke is? Smoke's like a demon now? He's not a demon yet, but he has been reprogrammed to follow uh, Noob Cybot and just follow every. Yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Wow, what a shocker for Kwai Lang. Yeah, so Kwai Lang immediately, you know, jumps off of whatever this like lava cliff is in the Nether Realm and like runs up to them and is like, My brother, my best friend and they immediately turn on him and try to kill him. Oh fuck. So Kwai Lang is trying to fight you, uh, basically a demon and ba- and a cyborg that used to be his friend that used to be his friend maybe he was in love with and he's on the ropes and he's like going to lose he's going to die when Serena steps in and like takes her demon form and saves his life and so Kwai Lang is like I I I can't even handle this he goes fuck this I need to go back to my clan this is too much to handle. I need to just go take care of my own people. I can't I can't do this. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, and so he heads back to the Lin Kuei. But when he gets there, he finds that Frost was not dead. She thawed <sighs> out, and she went back to the Lin Kuei temple and slaughtered the entire clan. God damn it. All of those new His recruits, people that he just found. They're all dead. Maybe his uh, the other... Cryomancers. I imagine if they didn't go to the Lin Kuei Temple, she killed them when she unfroze because she was buried right by there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much everyone is dead. So it was like the worst place to bury Frost, essentially, because it was probably just that ancient ground of... That's probably what it did. It Yeah, it probably made her more powerful, just yeah. the proximity, and she was able to like return to life. God damn it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Nothing's normal in this world. Nothing's normal and nothing is safe. <laughs> no, you can't. It's like... Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I can't even. Oh, God. There's just no escape, no way out. I don't want to live in that world. No. I don't want to live in, I don't want that. You don't have to, Steve. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen at the end of this? <laughs> All right, well, You're going to open a portal. Thanks for being on the show. Now take my hand. I'm dragging you We're into going Outworld. to Outworld. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, so, Kwai Lang... <laughs> Blaming himself for all of these fuck-ups, for losing his clan, for losing his people, for misguiding his apprentice, for failing to put her on the right path, 
for failing his brother, for failing his best friend. He's like, this is awful. Like, I don't know where to start. He freezes um, Frost again. But knowing that she might thaw out, he locks her away in the bowels of the Lin Kuei Temple. Good call. And is like, fuck her. Like, this is just, I don't know what to do. I mean, he could have killed her, but yeah, maybe that's not his way. No. I mean, yeah. we've learned it's not his way. Yeah, so he... um. He sits down and he, and he's like, "What am I gonna do? I can just say no more Lin Kuei. I can go and try to find something else to do with my life." He decides what he's gonna do is he's gonna pick himself back up again, get some new recruits together, start the temple over, and refuse to back down, and uh, find a way to make a good version of the Lin Kuei, which he never really got to have before. So he does. He gets some more recruits. He um, life starts to return for normal uh, to normal for him. Years pass. Uh, the Dragon King Onaga gets defeated by other people. Sub-Zero doesn't have to deal with it. Earth is safe. The Lin Kuei eventually is thriving. And one day, uh, this strange man enters the temple. And he says his name is Taven. He's a demigod. He says, I'm the child of the god that used to protect Adenia and uh, a person, a human from Adenia. I've been frozen for like thousands of years. And I've now thought out... Uh, because a prophecy is happening, and I need an artifact from the Lin Kuei to stop the prophecy from reaching the conclusion that it might reach, which would be Armageddon, the end of the world. And Kwai Lang is like, yeah, all right. I mean, I guess I've heard weirder stuff. Sure. And all, <laughs> if all he has to do is give him an artifact, then yeah. that's like, that's, you know, what's the, what's the big deal? But Kwai Lang being Kwai Lang is like, but you got to beat me in a fight first. <laughs> Because at this point, he hasn't been in a battle in a while. Yeah. He hasn't seen action. He, like, kind of, he, he wants it. He's and like, I think fuck it, let's fight. I honestly think it's, like, a playful thing for him. Sure, he's like, sure. He's like, look, that's an ancient artifact. I don't, I don't really want to let go of it, but I kind of believe you about this prophecy in Armageddon. Uh, but, uh, fight me. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe kill me? Yeah, maybe kill me. <laughs> I've seen enough. Of this world. Yeah. How old is he by this point? Maybe 50s? 60s even? 60s. 50s probably, yeah. I think sounds right. Yeah. His hair is like pretty gray. He's, he lost he, all of his friends, his, yeah. his loved ones. He's lost like literally generations yeah. of friends. <laughs> right. Uh, so, <laughs> so kill me maybe and you can get this. Yeah. Kill me maybe. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He, he looks Taven dead in the eyes. He goes, free me. <laughs> and they fight. Um but midway through the fight, they are both attacked by Noob Saibot and Smoke. Why? Because Noob Saibot was very clear about his plans. Okay. He's like, I'm going to the Lin Kuei and I'm okay. going to make a bunch of cyber demons. Okay, okay. And Kwai Lang like, had an encounter with him and was like, I assume you're dead. I don't know. I got to go. <laughs> right, right. He, he, like, he's, this is what happens when you, uh, you know, won't confront your problems and you push it off <laughs> yeah. to the side. But also like from, from Kwai Lang's perspective, it's like, you know, he basically gave up on his brother and his best friend because they almost killed him. And there's really no other way to like, he can't like do the thing he did with smoke way back in the day and go like, there's something like you're still in there. Yeah. It's, you know, it didn't it's, really take. Yeah. It's not going to work with, yeah. it's definitely not going to work with, with uh, old sub zero. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, whatever his name is, Butthead. What did you oh, say? Oh, Bihan. Bihan. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad with names. It does sound. Bihan does sound like 
it, you could easily make a cruel nickname. Yes, Butthead, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it would be exactly, but I'm just like, yeah, I could see, I could see a, 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 a petty child yeah, coming up yeah. with a good... Butthead. <laughs> behind. Butthand. Butthands. <laughs> butthand. <laughs> What's up, butthands? How's your behind, behind? <laughs> We're talking so very dumb. young. We're talking very yeah, young. We're talking three, four yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah, I see it. It's, it's a vivid. sick burn for a four-year-old. Yeah. It's like you can barely <laughs> talk. It's like pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> Bihan and this dude he isn't... Uh, Bihan and, and Smoke are attacking Kwai Lang and this dude Kwai Lang like, barely knows, Taven, who like having a fun fight. Um, Does he join in, the guy, the, the demigod guy? Uh, yeah, he does. He helps. He helps in the fight. And together, the two of them uh, are able to oh, defeat great. Bihan and Smoke. Wow, Bihan and Smoke shit. are knocked out. So Kwai Lang is finally forced to like confront. He's like in the Lin Kuei temple looking at the unconscious bodies of his best friend and his brother. His fucking brother, yeah. And he's like, I pledge to cleanse their souls. I will restore them because it's the only way to move forward. And he does manage to get Smoke back on his side. But uh, Taven's like, thanks for the artifact. See you later, man. Uh, time passes. He gets Smoke back on his side. But before he can really work on Noob Saibot, on Bihan, uh, Armageddon comes. Oh, shit. The prophecy comes the to end fruition. Of the end of days is here. A giant pyramid, the Pyramid of Argus, rises in Edenia. And uh, it turns out what this prophecy is is that there's a huge fire elemental, this being called Blaze, that will appear at the top of the pyramid. Whoever gets to the top of the pyramid and kills Blaze will attain a godlike power. But like beyond anything we've seen before, it's unsaid, but it's pretty much the one being's power will be wow, put inside shit. you. And you'll be able to cataclysmically end the world if you want if to. If you want to, sure. So it really is a calling that like everyone needs to go there. Um because like there's no one who doesn't have a stake in that fight, right, right? Right. And then who do you trust? You have to at least help get the right person up there. So Bihan fights off Kwai Lang and takes off and is like, I will get there and I will cause the end I will destroy oh, the world. Oh shit. And so Kwai Lang's like, I have to go there, I have to stop him. And Smoke comes along and there's just this massive war at the foot of this pyramid. Uh and in this huge war where every hero, every villain we've ever heard of is participating, um, Kwai Lang dies. Wow. Everyone dies, actually. Everyone except for the two people who make it to the top of the pyramid, Shao Kahn and Raiden. So the two gods, wow. much, the strongest people, they make it to the top. And it's Shao Kahn who manages to kill Blaze to attain the power of probably the one being, although it's oh, mostly shit. unsaid. And he's about to crush Raiden's skull with a giant hammer when Raiden does the last thing he can possibly do. He grabs onto this medallion, this magic medallion that he wears around his neck, and he sends a message back in time to his younger self, and that message is he must win. <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else. Like, is that is that knowledge that he doesn't have about every battle he's ever been in? Right. You must win. You got to win. Like, well, well, is there the something trouble, where he's like, eh, I might not win this one. The trouble is, it isn't I must win. It's not Raiden must win. It is literally the phrase, he must win. <laughs> so it's vague as fuck. So cut to, it's the most vague. Cut to Mortal Kombat 1. Cut to the 10th tournament. 
that's going to decide whether or not Earth gets conquered. Wait, is it cyclical? Does like Raiden in Mortal Kombat 1 get a weird message that he's like, whatever, and then just goes on? Or is it like we haven't... It is, it is, it is a new timeline, it's a new but timeline. it's not a branching timeline. Right, right, okay. It is, we're now overwriting all of the history we've heard wow. before. Wow. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> so Raiden dies up there on the pyramid. Raiden, literally, he must win. The reason it's such a brief message is it is literally a message that he conveys in the moment between a hammer being lifted over his yeah. head and a hammer squooshing his yeah, head it can't be all much. over it that could, pyramid. Yeah. It had yeah. to be something kind of succinct, but he didn't have time to. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he must win. <laughs> So so yeah, cut to that. Cut to that. It's like sending a voice message. Yeah. Like fuck it, better send it, better send. Like he must win. Oh man, I was supposed to say who won, and it came out as he. Shit. He could even be talking about uh, Shao Kahn, right? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. He could have been talking about Shao Kahn. I agree. Wow. But it's not clear to Raiden. <laughs> Wait. Who... So so in that timeline, does history just end at that point? In that timeline history just ends i guess i'd say imagine it like overwriting a file yeah. it's like you go back to a specific point in time and things start to change because of that message yeah so cut to the that tournament where Liu kang won his first tournament raiden all of a sudden hears older raiden say he must win and he's <laughs> like what <laughs> who must win what the who fuck does that? that mean did he even know it was him that sent it from the future he knows it was himself Okay. But uh, Butterfly Effect style, like the film The Butterfly Effect. Um, the award-winning film. The Academy Butterfly award-winning film The Butterfly Effect. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the alternate ending to The Butterfly Effect? I must have, but I can't recall. He goes back in time and as a baby in the womb chokes himself to death with the umbilical cord. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow. It's a real scene you can see on YouTube. Has someone cut it into the original so you have like you the can get the director's cut? cut on DVD? Yeah. Yeah, we having a screening. Yes, we are. Watch, Please. watch, uh, fetus. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that whole journey, it's like yeah. you just it's fetus, fetus Ashton Kutcher strangle himself. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's like you see a fetus like wrap it no around. No fucking its way. Neck. Are you serious? Yes. There's like a like a like a CGI fetus that's like that yeah. just appears in yeah. there. He's like, it would be better if I was never born, and he like does it. It's the most emo shit ever. It's insane. It <laughs> is just, it. it's, it's gross. It's crazy. So much like that. Yeah, much like that. Uh, small changes begin to occur. For Kwai Lang, at least in the beginning, it's mostly the same. You know, Bihan gets sent on that mission. Bye, Bihan. Scorpion kills his brother at that first tournament. Uh, Bihan goes and or Kwai Lang goes and investigates. Lin Kuei makes a cyber initiative. Um, while Kwai Lang is trying to get revenge on Scorpion. Um, this time around, the main thing that changes, and it's pretty main, is that instead of Smoke being the person that gets captured by the cyborgs as they're making a run for it, Kwai Lang is the one that gets captured. Oh, shit, and Smoke goes off. Smoke goes off, and Kwai Lang becomes Cyber Sub-Zero. Oh, shit. So he, yeah, yeah, none of that stuff that's supposed to happen from that point on happens to him at all. Right. He becomes Cyber Sub-Zero. And he, is he basically gone? Like, he's just this new being now? Like, he's lost all of himself? Yep, he's deployed wow. by Shao Kahn to help in the invasion of Earthrealm. You know, yeah. after he lost that second tournament, he was like, time to invade Earthrealm. Yeah. Um, but while Cyber Sub-Zero's out there in combat, he gets defeated by Raiden's squad, which now includes Smoke. And it's Smoke who says, let's bring Cyber Sub-Zero back to our home base, we can reprogram him and we can free his mind. I know my friend's soul is still in there. 
And so they do. They succeed. And now Cyber Sub-Zero wakes up and he's back to like the Kwai Lang we always knew. But he looks down at his hands and his legs and his body and he goes, oh, my God. Yeah. What happened to me? I'm, I'm a, a monster. Anymore. I don't got a dick anymore. <laughs> We're blood and bones. It's just my brain and my spine and all this robot stuff. Does he retain his powers even though he's a cyborg? He does, which is interesting. Yeah. It, you could argue that it, it might be programmed into, at this huh. point, his uh, robot body. Sure. It's like a cyber power. I think yeah. that's the likely scenario. You can maybe argue that it's a part of his brain. Sure. That or can his do soul that. Or, or his something. soul. Uh, unclear. But he does still have those powers. There is an importance of souls in this game, too, there right? Or there's in this a whole big, series. There's a big, uh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's all underlined. The, yeah. soul, the soul business. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's booming. It's, the, honestly, business is booming, <laughs> soul-wise. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he he does he the the Earth's heroes you know Raiden and Smoke and Co they say to Cyber Sub Zero, why don't you go undercover, go back to Shao Kahn's forces oh, and help us destroy them from the inside while they're trying to invade Earthrealm? And Cyber Sub Zero's like, you got it, dude. Fuck yeah, Michelle Tanner style. <laughs> so um, so he infiltrates the Lin Kuei and all the other cyborgs. While he's in there, he fights Sector secretly. He gets out on the streets and is defending humans from like centaurs and shit that are storming through the streets, you know, and creating chaos during the invasion. Uh, he even... This is that monster invasion of Earth that we were... Yes, that, yeah, that's yeah. where we're at. Where the, where the robot ninjas came to fight. We're back at Robot yeah, Ninja yeah. Centaur uh, Storm Apocalypse <laughs> right, Operation right. Endgame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, while he's out there, he fights uh, one of Shao Kahn's servants, this guy named Noob Saibot. And he discovers that Noob Saibot is his brother in the middle of that fight. And so that gets pulled all the way up in the timeline. Sure. And so we now have a sad fight between these two brothers, one who's lost his soul, one who's lost his body. Wow. Pretty crazy. Wow. It's good stuff, yeah, man. Very it's dramatic. meaty. It's meaty. Very dramatic stuff. It's meaty drama. Yeah. Man. Now I know why you love this so much. Right? It's very, it's so deep. This is all just me brainwashing my friends episode by episode <laughs> into loving them. Mortal Kombat as much as I do. It might work here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, by the end of this, we'll have spent two full hours talking about <laughs> If you don't love it by the end of that, you're insane for having allowed yeah. this to happen. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So uh, it would be my fault at, the, at that point. <laughs> so. They have a fight. It's pretty much inconclusive. Neither of them really like kills the other. But um, ultimately, while Cyber Sub-Zero is like on team good guy helping our heroes, uh, something really dramatic happens in this new timeline. Cyber Sub-Zero and all of his friends, they're having a meeting. They're talking about what their next plan of attack is. And there is a horrible sneak attack by Shao Kahn's forces that uh, our heroes were not expecting at all. And Cyber Sub-Zero, along with Katana, along with uh, Smoke, along with a few other characters that I haven't mentioned in this episode, but uh, major heroes in the world of Mortal Kombat, they are all slaughtered. Oh, shit. Straight up murdered. Kind of like when uh, when Kwai Lang lost all of his friends yes. late in that other timeline. Yes, but in this one, it's he's there, it's him and all of Earth's heroes, and they are all killed. Um, and again, it's you know it's because of small changes in this timeline. It led to Shao Kahn having uh, a pretty major victory 
in that war going back and forth because he killed most of the soldiers on the other side right. in a sneak attack. So cut to the nether realm. Cyber Sub-Zero awakens alongside his friends, like Smoke and company, as an undead revenant slave of Quan Chi. It's pretty much the same fate that his brother and that Scorpion had faced in the past. Quan Chi, you know, waited for someone powerful and heroic to die and then took their soul into the uh, underworld and, wow. and made an, an evil undead revenant. It's so them. tragic. Yeah. This timeline sucks. It does. But one thing that did happen is Quan Chi was like, ugh, all this technology, I hate it. And using his powers, he rips the brain and spine out of Cyber Sub-Zero and creates a new body out of, like, blood and sinew in, like, a pit. So now Sub-Zero's a human again. Whoa. But he is an undead revenant uh, who's pretty much like a slave to Quan Chi. So he's lost himself almost completely. Yes. Wow. At least he's, like, back in his body, I guess. He's got got warmth and he's got a dick. He's got a dick, but I wouldn't say he has warmth, unless you count the the warmth of being in in pretty much hell. Yeah, in hell. In a world of hellfire and lava. Yeah. That's probably Um, a warmth you don't want to feel. You want a cyber body if you're hanging out in hell. Right. You want to have a nice cyber body. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't want nerve endings in hell. No, no. Yeah. So, uh... So Quan Chi is pretty much similar to the other timeline, waiting for Shao Kahn to be defeated so that he can use these forces to go and free Shinnok. Because in this timeline, Shinnok's trapped in an amulet that's out in the other realms. It's not in the nether realm. Okay. So the bad guys are prevailing in this timeline. They are, like, big time. Big time. But Shao Kahn is defeated, and Quan Chi does enact his plan. So, like, one guy's taken off the board at least, right? Okay. So it's like our current timeline on Earth right now. Right. Where it's like evil's you know, just winning strike, and winning and winning. Strike. Evil keeps winning. And if you strike one down, another rises and two rise in their place. Yeah. Hydra. Um that's where uh, we're at. Hail Hydra. Uh Hail <laughs> Hydra. <laughs> I'm glad I could finally come out as Hydra on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, have to be pro afraid anymore. Hydra. We're in the right timeline. They've got a cooler be... <laughs> logo. They've got cooler everything. You came out of the submarine. I did. Uh so Quan Chi sends his, you know, evil revenants out to do bad guy missions uh, for years. For years, Sub-Zero is just an undead revenant, like, soldier in this dark mission. You know, they go out, and they're, like, taking down helicopters, and they're killing mercenaries, and they're trying to track down this amulet. You hate Um, to hear it. You hate to hear it. And uh, at some point some years later, Sub-Zero and Scorpion are battling uh, the remaining heroes that Raiden has on his side, which Uh is... Sonya Blade, you know, a soldier from the U.S. Special Forces, and Johnny Cage, the movie star. Um, And they actually manage to, uh, thanks to a lot of coincidences, I'm not going to bother diving deep into it, they manage to beat Sub-Zero and Scorpion, who were sent on this evil mission together in a fight, and convert them back to being alive again. Wow! Sub-Zero's a guy again, and Scorpion's a guy again. What the fuck? Interesting. But do they have their original... And they have their bodies. It's like a whole thing where, like, they go down to the nether realm to try to, like, nip the whole, like, revenant thing in the bud, and they're fighting next to, like, this magic flesh pit thing. Yeah. And uh, an energy blast comes out of it while they're fighting, and Sub-Zero and Scorpion, like, the, the revenant side of them is, like, wiped away, and all that's left is who they really have been this whole time. Wow, shit. So it's just kind of magic. Yep. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah, it's magic. You're in hell. You can have all the magic you want. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> if you're already in hell, you got to imagine magic is working. There. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so Sub-Zero's finally got his body and his soul back, and he wants to make up for all the horrible things that he did while he was Revenant, because he killed a lot of innocent people, and as we know, Kwai Lang's not all about that life. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, so Raiden says, if you want to make up for all the things that you did, I'm going to give you a, a really, really important task. And this is looking far down the line, but uh, I've come into possession of a dangerous artifact, a Kamidogu dagger, and I need you to protect it. Of course... I remember that dagger. Yeah. The or at daggers, least one of them. The Kamidogu daggers, they were used to split up the one being and create the realms. That's very, right. very, very dangerous magic. Yeah. So Kwai Lang is like, yeah, no problem. I'll protect this thing. I'm going to go back to the Lin Kuei, which is like a shambles, and try to start things up again. Uh, unfortunately, Kwai Lang fucks up. Uh-oh. A, a mercenary from Earthrealm named Kano shows up and tries to steal the dagger because it's obviously very valuable, and he wants to sell it on the black market. And he cuts Kwai Lang across the face with it. And the dagger itself has extremely powerful and dangerous blood magic. And it makes Kwai Lang both extremely powerful and insane. Oh, no. He freezes an entire city. Oh, shit. A whole city. Like, I think it's like implied that it's like Manhattan. So it like fl- freezes New it's York. genocide. Yeah. Does it kill everybody? It must. Kills everybody. Wow. And Scorpion, who we remember, has been restored That's to rough. a human and is also trying to atone for the dark things that he's mm-hmm. done. He finds out about this and he goes on a redemptive mission to save Kwai Lang. And uh, he succeeds on this mission. He manages to restore Kwai Lang sanity. Uh, and it's kind of like a tit for tat thing. It's like we're now sort of even. And Kwai Lang is like, now it's time. For me, for me to uh, to redeem my clan and restore it to uh, its its former heroic side, so he uh, goes back to the Lin Kuei now that he's no longer insane and no longer revenant and no longer a cyborg. <laughs> uh, and he sees that Sector has taken it over and, and still get all the cyborgs in charge, like the other timeline. Yeah. Uh, and so he assaults the base. Kills Sector with the help of Cyrax, who is a, a cy- cyborg who doesn't want to be a cyborg anymore. Uh, and he says to Cyborg, all right, old friend, you're clearly a good person. Uh, you're the Grand Master of the Lin Kuei now. You were the person who, like, killed Sector. And Cyrax says, yeah, I don't want to live as a cyborg anymore. And he self-destructs himself. Oh, shit. And so he passes that title on to Sub-Zero. And Sub-Zero does become but the like, Grand Master. He, well, like, while he's shutting down, is he like, oh, no, I did. I could come back. You know, no, anyone no, 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 can no, no. I can just be the Grand Master. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can save you. I- yes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you didn't want it. So we're getting to the end now of, of, of Sub-Zero's story, at least as we know it now. Yeah, what the fuck? It's, he's, it's like the new timeline, he just goes through some shit. It's like, you know, it's it's uh, it almost reminds me of a mix of, like, Mortal Kombat goes Game of Thrones. Yeah. But also, like... To extreme to like a 90s comics extent sure where it's just like all this really hardcore stuff keeps happening and there's no winning the bad guys are like so evil yeah yeah so, it's a fucked up timeline but we've at least reached the point in this timeline where like Kwai Lang has essentially won like loose ends are tied up so similar to the other timeline he's like all right i'm moving my clan to the antarctic I'm going to raise a new generation, and I'm going to take on this apprentice, this cool person named Frost that I just oh, met, who's also a cryomancer. <sighs> um, so while Kwai Lang has, you know, is rebuilding his team, he says, I'm going to send some informants out to find out whatever happened with my brother, because last I saw him, he was an undead revenant too, and if I could be changed back, so can he. I can bring my brother back. And uh, while he doesn't find out from his informants what happened to his brother... He does find out the truth that Scorpion found out in the other timeline, but not in this timeline, which is what happened to Scorpion's family. The fact that his brother did not murder them, as Scorpion still at this point believes. 
Uh, so he summoned Scorpion to the temple. He sent him an invite, and he says, I, I have something really important I have to tell you. And when Scorpion shows up, Frost is outraged. She drank the Lin Kuei versus Shirai Ryu Kool-Aid hard, and she's like, how could you be inviting someone from the Shirai Ryu here? She starts questioning yeah. Sub-Zero's leadership. But Sub-Zero and Scorpion have really become friends at this point. He tells Scorpion the truth, and Scorpion's like, I really appreciate you telling me this. Um, it's amazing that after all these years and all this crazy trauma, we kind of have become like best buds. We know each other better than anyone could. Yeah. Um, and 25 years pass, where Sub-Zero is the leader of the Lin Kuei, and things are kind of good again. He's rebuilt the clan, uh, and that is when he encounters the children, uh, sorry, the child of Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage, who has now become a special forces agent, made a team with children of some other Mortal Kombat figures. They are on their own mission. Uh, turns out Shinnok is back and needs to be stopped. And so Sub-Zero says, you have my help and the help of the Lin Kuei. Like, I'll help. I don't like to get involved in people's affairs anymore. I've been through enough. Yeah. Um, but I'll help you. This seems More than important. he even knows. Yeah. And he does. He helps He helps the, like, combat kids out on their mission uh, and stops Shinnok from taking over all Wonderful. the realms. Wonderful. Hooray for Kwai Lang. Yeah. He finally has his shit together. Yeah. And finally that, something good's happening. Yeah. It's like, you know, everything kind of worked out. Yeah. Until the day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is Frost going to be a problem? Or is Frost basically in the background kind of not that big of a deal at this point? She's going to be a bit of a problem. Yeah, here comes. So uh, in comes a titan named Kronika. Titans, we learn, came before the Elder Gods. The Elder Gods are their children. And she is the person in charge of controlling all of time. And she's... Pissed. Yeah, because this isn't the right timeline. No, Raiden made his own timeline, and what's worse, it, he made a timeline in which her son, Shinnok, dies. And not that it's, like, personal or anything, but, like, that's against the rules, yeah, okay? Yeah, you can't fuck with time like that. No. So, uh, so she's, like, she comes down to our earthly realm and decides that she's going to wipe the slate clean and create a new timeline. But in order to do that, she needs to go to a physical location called the Hourglass of Time and physically turn back time, or a share would say, turn back time. That's right, and yeah. find their way. Yeah, and find their way. <laughs> Take back those words that hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> wow. But in arriving in our realm, being a being of time, it creates these vortexes and paradoxes, and people start pouring in from different eras oh, no. Time's that all don't belong up. here. Time's all screwed up. And a young, still demonic Scorpion, who is still obsessed with revenge on Sub-Zero, <sighs> appears in our timeline. Despite the fact that our Sub-Zero is best friends with our old man Scorpion. And that creates some drama. Of course it would. Kronika, uh, for her part, immediately starts working with all the most evil people in our world. Because they're the people that are going to be on her side. And that involves some ghosts of Kwai Lang's past. Bihan who's back in the picture and not dead and still Noob Saibot. Uh, Sector, uh, who's been Fucking brought back Sector. from the past. And the Cyber Lin Kuei, who have also been brought by the past, that army. Uh, and they've basically become like her army now. Oh, Obviously no. the young Scorpion. And Frost defects to her side and willingly becomes a cyborg and basically her like second in command. Wow, she willingly becomes a cyborg. It's because she gets a promise made. They all have something that Kronika promised them. Mm. She's like, in my timeline, Frost, 
you'll be the leader of the Lin Kuei. Mm-hmm. And Sector, you'll get to have your cyborg army and you'll get the revenge that you want. And she like makes promises to all these people and they all believe it. So Sub-Zero and Old Man Scorpion go on sort of a, you know, this is one last job. They go on like a buddy mission where they have to team up and take all these forces on. And they succeed, except that while they're trying to basically like, they're out and out world trying to broker a ship that'll take all the forces of good to the hourglass to stop Kronika, uh, Scorpion gets killed and he dies right in front of Sub-Zero. Oh, man. And he actually dies in the arms of young Scorpion who was Whoa. there to attack them when old man Scorpion got killed by like a bug lady that we don't need to get into on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Scorpion's dying in young Scorpion's arms and young Scorpion realizes, oh, everything I think is true is wrong. Even though I'm like a young demonic Scorpion, I see the path now and I see the truth and I want to help you old man Sub-Zero uh, stop Kronika from erasing time. And so together they charge into battle against Kronika and she erases all of time. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But young, Lu- young Liu Kang, who was brought in from the past, uh, manages to kill her right after she erases time and thus he becomes the new warden of all of time. Whoa. And so at the very dawn of time now, here's where we sit currently in Mortal Kombat. At the very dawn of time, Liu Kang is now in charge of creating a new timeline. Uh, and so he obviously knows Kwai Lang, has a relationship with him. Right. Um, and I'm hoping that in this new timeline, he'll find a way for Kwai Lang and Bihan, these two brothers who've been so disparate never were able to connect despite the fact that it's clear that there's some humanity in behind of course he saved serena in the nether realm i'm just hoping he'll be able to create a space in which these bros can truly be bros <sighs> but there's like a new timeline yeah it's hard to say anything could happen and it's literally starting from the dawn of time so the next mortal Kombat game could take place in the era of cavemen it could take place Whoa. in the 1950s it could take place in uh you know ancient ancient Mortal Kombat era during like the first Mortal Kombat tournament. It could be about the Elder Gods and the one being. It could be in the far future. It could be in the year 3582. It could take place anytime. Is there any indication on what it could be? No. Literally the very end of Mortal Kombat 11, the game that just came out, is uh, Liu Kang saying, I want to create time alongside Princess Katana, who is always his love, and uh, we'll just figure it out from here. Wow. So they could end up making like a really good timeline. They could. They probably will. I assume it'll be a timeline in which there's at least balance. Yeah. But um, it's hard to say what it means for Kwai Lang. Wow. Because we're talking about Liu Kang here. Mm-hmm. What was Liu Kang's feelings on uh, Kwai Lang? Kwai... What the fuck is his name again? Kwai, Kwai Lang? Kwai Lang. The good sub Liu Kang Kwai Lang. Yeah. Yeah, the good Sub-Zero. What are his feelings? I mean, they're buddies, right? They're buddies. I mean, this so is, he wants to it see is his specifically life. a Liu Kang from the second Mortal Kombat tournament, the one that was in Outworld. So that would have been when he really met Kwai Lang, okay. when they first So he wants together. the best for these guys. He wants the best for everybody, probably. Certainly no ill will. And it's also hard to say, like, is, is Liu Kang omnipotent now? Does he, yeah. does he see every time that there's ever been? Does he know how good a person quite like? Like, what does he know? What does he not know? I mean, he would certainly see that. Yeah, I mean, if he could see every timeline, he could see that original timeline where he was a good guy and he yeah. wasn't just killing people for no reason. Mm-hmm. 
wow, but some evil shit's going to happen, and some fucking evil force is going to come and fuck with Liu Kang's shit. It could be the one being. It could be the one being. It could be the Elder Gods themselves. I'm unclear on if Liu Kang is at a time before even the Titans existed. Yeah. It's hard to say. But now that they've introduced Titans, are there more Titans? There has to be. There have to be, yeah. So it's, we it was might... a real wormhole. like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> what? I just, yeah. I just figured out the Elder God thing. <laughs> and now there's Titans. Yeah. That existed before the Elder Gods. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, what is your takeaway from all of this? <sighs> I mean, it's so much. Mm-hmm. Because this is just fucking Sub-Zero. It's one character. Like... It's just one of the Sub-Zeros. How did... <laughs> yeah. One of many Sub-Zeros. Mm-hmm. How... I, how different are the other t- character stories Wildly. In, 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 con- in connection with this one? Completely. What the fuck, man? There are stories that are about like princesses stolen away from their kingdoms as babies and raised to be assassins only to find out that they're royalty who then defect <laughs> to other realms and then become leaders if they, after they liberate their own realms. There are stories that are like, there's a cop who's walking down the street when he sees dragons and stuff invading our realm and, and he, he like shoots, shoots a centaur with a gun and then all of a sudden becomes like a warrior. There's obviously a story about the movie star yeah. who wants to just prove that he's really a fighter and then becomes like a savior <laughs> of our realm. And they all have another timeline after the Raiden yeah. thing, after yep. Shang Tsung. There's just Raiden's him. perspective, which is like you're a god placed in charge of protecting a place and you live by the rules, but your rival doesn't. And how do you mitigate that? Like, so Raiden successfully changes that pyramid battle Mm -hmm. like the pyramid battle just doesn't even happen it doesn't happen at all in the second timeline at least yet but it certainly could Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you hope you hope someone good wins yeah and then you don't have to do another fucking he must win or maybe Liu Kang is going to create a timeline where those brothers were never frozen and the prophecy never happened and the pyramid doesn't exist wow this series could go on and on and on forever and it seems like it will Mm mm-hmm like we're in fucking Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. It's so big in its it it's it the 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 like the galaxy brainness of yeah. how wide and and the the scope of the series it's so big that like it's why the next game could really take place at any time yeah. and be a good sequel. Like you could literally have a game that's yeah. set in the 1950s and the lead is Sonya Blade's dad and she finds out about he he finds out that there's like this world of Mortal Kombat tournaments and he fights in like the ninth Mortal Kombat tournament, right. and that would be interesting. And it's so interesting how like the tournament thing, which is what the whole series started with, mm-hmm. is barely even important. Yeah, it's just a launching point. It's just a launching. It's point. It's just a reason to bring all these realms together in the first place. And how much like of yourself are you feel like? Because you must be filling in some gaps in in these stories, right? Like in in Sub Zero's story, like. How much? How many liberties are you taking? Any liberties? I'm like, not this taking is, any it, liberties. It works. I'm, it, like the story works. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'm not taking liberties. I am um, connecting emotional dots. That's yeah. what I always try to do, and it's something that I think like it's something I like to do generally in my writing. Is 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 take something where oh these two things don't necessarily go together, or they shouldn't go together, or like here's something that would be really interesting or shocking, and I only want to do it if it makes emotional sense yeah. for the character. So when I'm going through these things and just seeing like this happened and then this happened and then this happened, I like to find the why. And I will yeah, say to Mortal Kombat's important. credit, 
on maybe one occasion in this is the 20th episode and maybe one occasion have I been like, I don't know why this person did this. <laughs> but you can speculate and that's fun. Yeah. Holy shit. But I like, mean, yeah. It's easy to see the emotional logic and extrapolate and make it juicier and more sure, interesting. Sure. Because I could have just told you like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And it'd still be interesting. Yeah, but this is but you I made like it digging compelling. into the who and the why and the how and Yeah. yeah. This is wonderful. What a wonderful, like, you know, I, I started this journey with you with the question, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? What's your motivation? What are, what are your true feelings? And then I listened to all of this, and I now I understand. I fully understand. <laughs> it's like really cool storylines. It's basically like a Marvel universe. Yeah. It's basically like a Star Wars, like a Star Trek but it's like fucking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. The game where people are beating the fuck out of each other and ripping their heads out of their, uh, and ripping their spines out of their bodies. Yeah. And yet they live across decades of storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because there is that thing too, like when Mortal Kombat 11's like fatalities all dropped online on YouTube, mm-hmm. me and my and my friend Joe, we watched like the, I, what is it, like an hour or more or it's something? It's long, yeah. Yeah, of just like all the fatalities. And I'm just watching this thing like, how are they surviving these insane deaths? They're not. And they're just not. There's only some of the this canon and some of the Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I mean, and that's just such a small part of the rich kind of backstory. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly compelled. I'm entertained. I've successfully been entertained by this shit, Ben. That's great cuz I it I'll say it makes me feel good because we literally just sat down and I talked at you for two hours. Yeah, but you you Straight. did what you set out to do, which was you said you enjoy being a storyteller and you love te- reiterating these tales. And I really sat here like when C three PO told everyone the story of Luke Skywalker <laughs> and 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 did all except you didn't add the sound effects and stuff. But, right. Well, but <laughs> there was oh Raiden. There's Raiden. <laughs> And that's uh, you know who is that? Rain. Rain's here. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I would love. I should just do one season of the show where I just have the most obnoxious like FM radio sound. Just have a soundboard where you're like, okay, this is so. And then Raiden came in like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Gong like. Where does the movie fit in in the canon? The movie is a faithful enough retelling of the first game. Okay. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the second movie, is a not particularly faithful attempt at adapting kind of the second and pieces of the third game. Wow. Yeah. But there's got, I mean, these stories are so cool. There's got to be something. Like something yeah. must be made out of these stories. Yeah, I hope that at some. I mean, I'll I'll say that to, in credit to the video games, the most recent ones, they have full on story modes that really feel like you're playing a cool movie. No shit. They have like hours of cutscenes, and you play. They they came up with a really cool device for how to do a story mode in a fighting game. It started with the reboot game that like started the timeline over, yeah. where you basically play through Mortal Kombat one two three. Um, the like so from that first tournament to the invasion no of shit. Earth, but with updated graphics and everything. Updated graphics, yeah. It was PS2, oh, or sorry, no, it was PS3, Xbox 360 era. Nice. It came out in like 2011. Did you play all the games? Yeah. Do yeah. you do? You, what's your favorite? Uh, I loved the reboot. I went nuts for it. I thought it was just such a cool and exciting way to like Star Trek kind of style, like reboot but not reboot. Yeah. The story, and that was when they first introduced the idea of these cutscenes. What you do is you'll basically do like three or four fights. 
as different characters. So the story is told from shifting perspectives. Sure. So like at first you're playing as like Raiden and it's like, here's Raiden's perspective through like the first few fights of the first tournament. And then you're switching to like Liu Kang and then you're switching to like Katana and then you're switching to like smoke and even the villains, like you kind of go through their perspectives and like all these cutscenes in between. And you're playing the game over and over again to get all these different cutscenes. No, things, they kind of right? make it so that it's like one oh. streamlined thing. That's why you switch perspectives. I dig it's it. It's like one story beginning to end. Here's canonically what happens through okay. like the story of the first three games. And you're switching perspectives throughout. Yeah. Wow. What an what a, what I mean, I guess that's the best way to do such a such a complex Yeah. You know, and they did it for the last like three games. So the one that just came out had a really cool story mode. So that's too. a good format. They yeah. should they they should probably stick to that because that's the will. way to go with yeah. that for sure. It definitely... Although I, I guess I kind of do miss the days where you play as a certain character and then you just right. get their whole story and then you could do it again and again and again. Yeah, I, you they well they kept that too. Oh so shit! So they have the story mode and they have arcade ladders ah. where you get like so in the most recent one, if you beat it as like Jax or you beat it as like Sonya. It would tell you what would happen if they became in charge oh, of time. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of d- what they did in the past too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This is crazy. Now I'm just going to, you should be like given, you should get percentages. You should be of, a brand ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just going to go play the games now. Uh, Great. We should play together. It'll yeah. I would fun. love to. Yeah. You can kick my ass. When you and come you can over explain. for dinner and a play with my dogs, we'll also play Mortal Kombat Yeah, 11. please. This yeah. sounds like now the greatest night ever. <laughs> After all of this. Uh, there's one segment left of the show, Steve, that we've got to get to. Okay. And that segment is called Choose Your Destiny. Mm-hmm. It's a segment in which I ask you, Steve, now that you know everything there is to know about the Mortal Kombat universe, who is Steve Zaragoza in the world of Mortal Kombat? What realm would you be from? What kind of a creature would you be? What would your powers be? Who would you align yourself with? What's your fatality? Who is Steve in Mortal Kombat? You don't have to answer all those questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm terrified of every world, except right. for the one that was like, what was it, Edon? Edenia. Edenia. But I mean, that got destroyed and turned into some You could have died before that happened. <laughs> yeah, okay, there we go. That That's where I lived. Okay. I lived there. I was a badass, like, a super being that was, like, happy to live in a beautiful land. And then I had a wonderful little family. <laughs> and then I lived in peace. And I didn't have to worry about titans and demigods and fucking brutal. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I just, because otherwise, I'm just not capable of surviving right. in any of those realms sure i guess in the earth realm you're you're you know there's battles and terrible shit that happens and maybe i survive but for the most part i don't think i don't see a version of myself surviving in that world yeah that makes sense probably yeah. same it's yeah. fun to think about but uh i'd croak real fast i just i'm dead man yeah i mean if i I guess it would be cool to have your your body put into a cyborg body if you could retain your information, right? And your your soul essentially. That'd be cool. I wouldn't want to fight anybody. That's the thing. It's like I don't want to go and be like, and fight and maybe die and 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 then like kill a bunch of people and then like the next day you like have to do it again. Right. Like that sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. So maybe you're like the Doc Brown of Adenia and like you're really <laughs> yeah. in robotics and science and everyone's like. Dude, we can do magic. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. We already lived for like a thousand years naturally. Like, right. Why? I guess that's true. Because I got a bigger dick. <laughs> Look, guys, I made my dick longer. You need to stop taking your dick out. Watch this. I can say, Siri, it's time to come now. And then I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, great answer. Great answer. It's perfect. 
Well, Steve, thank you so much for uh, tolerating this and also for being so complimentary. Yeah, no, um, thank you. This was quite an experience. <laughs> That's really what the show's about, is me fishing for compliment, just forcing my <laughs> friends into a situation where they feel compelled to like say nice things about me. Um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And, and if people want more Steve Zaragoza in their lives, which of course they do, uh, where can they find that? You, you got any cool stuff coming up? Yeah, we the Valley Folk is my main kind of like uh, f- force of of entertainment mm-hmm. currently, as well as like a couple of podcasts here and there, which I'll talk about very briefly in a second. But the Valley Folk just won an NBC show called Bring the Funny. Yeah, and we uh, we made it all the way through, and we won the whole damn thing. And they gave so you all Hummers. right? They gave us all Hummers, yeah. which is weird because they don't make those anymore. Yeah, so we're they're definitely old Hummers. I guess so. So, yeah, but they're nice. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, we live in the perfect terrain for them as well. So I love it. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. we uh, so we are we are enjoying the very successes that that's bringing, and so we're planning a bunch of like really cool shit. And uh, and obviously, the Valley Folk is also like a YouTube thing that you could go check out on YouTube, and we do a lot of sketches and shows and weird videos and it's just kind of like a, a playground for all of our weird senses of humor and and of course me and the and some of the original members of source fed which was something way back in the day uh have started this valley folk thing but also i have a podcast called dynamic banter with mike falzone a very funny comedian where we just kind of shoot the shit and you'll hear a lot of sound effects on that show and loud sounds and shit kind of like these like this one right there like that one exactly and then uh the valley folk has a podcast called the valley cast so there's there's no shortage of places to find me, but the easiest place would just be at Steve Zaragoza on all the socials and shit, and yeah. then you can find all the stuff you'd like to look at through that. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, thanks so much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Of course, you can find me at Ben Meckler, M-E-K-L-E-R, like combat, uh, <laughs> on every social media platform. Okay, now I'm worried about you. Uh, help, and uh, <laughs> until next time, which will be season three. Oh, we'll excited. talk about that soon. Uh, as always, uh, finish him. <laughs>